Man, I get shook by that intro every time. It's just like, holy shit. <laughs> is is this for real? <laughs> yeah, it's your stuff, man. Yeah. Hey, welcome. This is episode 22. My goodness, we have gone this far. That is Miranda Gagne, my hostess with the Moses, my tech girl. And with me today, I have um, LSAT tutor extraordinaire, actor, producer, and uh, former college buddy. This is Matt Domont. What's up? <laughs> What's good, people? <laughs> we were... Um, talking about before we got on camera uh just how intense um the, the bfa program was and getting in and how um um i guess i'll jump to it it how it, it changes people some for the better and some for for the worse and some yeah they just they just stand in still and yeah i mean i think uh so um the the bfa in marymount was I, how we met and um, we met in our fr freshman acting class and I just remember even in orientation, um, the, like we're all sitting in the, the Teresa Lang theater and there is all the faculty up on the stage and they're like introducing themselves. And I don't remember who it was, but I think it might've been, um, I think it might've been David Mould uh -huh. um, who has since moved on, um, moved up in the, uh, I, I believe he's the head of the the, the acting yeah. program now. Long overdue. Yeah, long overdue. He's, I mean, he's a fantastic teacher. Um, uh, I remember, I think it was him where he was like, look around, look to your left, look to your right. Both those people probably won't be here <laughs> by the time you graduate. Yeah. And that's so true. I remember our, there was like four sections of BFA acting one, and there's only like two of BFA acting two. Yeah. And so it's like, after that first year, half the people are gone. It's true. They start transferring out. They start transferring. They're like, Hey, this isn't for me. New yeah. York city isn't for me, whatever it is. For us, it was four, three, two, two, like all four years. Yeah. I didn't do all four, four years. Three, two. And I did. I started year three and then uh, you remember I had a job. I had the nine to five in a doctor's mm -hmm. office, cardiology yeah. practice. Yeah. You remember was, you showed up in your scrubs all the time. And I was like, this yeah. dude is always in scrubs. Yeah. It's awesome. I was able to just get away for an hour and 20 minutes because yeah. I was across the street. But if you remember the third year was a uh, uh, two years, mm -hmm. I mean, two um hours. Yeah. And um the seniors two and a half and I just couldn't, yeah. couldn't fucking do it. I was on acting probation too, whatever the hell that was. I just didn't. Honestly, when I, I got that at my first. School. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, for me, it was just like one of those things where I like, if any, uh, then I, are they even paying attention to my second scene right now? Maybe I'm interested. Maybe, maybe I'm not. Or whatever. Yeah. I, I found, I found the acting program at Marymount was, was fantastic for the right individual. It's right. certainly not for everyone. Um, but if, if it's the right fit for you, mm -hmm. just like any school, if yeah. it's the right technique for you, if it's the right uh, organization for you, if you're in the classroom with the right other people, if the right person up there is guiding the class, um, it, I mean, it has a fantastic outcome. Yeah. You know, if you're willing to, if you're willing to put in the work and it's the right fit for you, it mm -hmm. was, it was great for me. And I actually went there with the intention um, because I, I transferred to Marymount. My first uh, two years were at a different um, university in Ohio. Ohio, yeah. Yeah, and I was in the BFA musical theater program there because I was a singer-dancer. Like, that's what I did. And um, I didn't like the constraints of a BFA program, hmm. like having to get permission to audition for programs yeah. outside that's or right. opportunities you outside. We weren't allowed to do um, outside work during the academic year. At all. Right? Yeah. At all. And so I didn't like that. And I actually went to 
um, Marymount with the intention of doing the B, the BA theater performance. And um, they called me and were like, hey, we liked your audition. We think the BFA would be a good fit for you. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, like, whatever, I'll, I'll do it until I don't want to do it anymore. And yeah. um, I did it for the first two years and then transferred to BA. And I took more acting classes in my third and fourth year as a BA, um, just what I wanted to do rather than what the BFA like third and fourth year yeah. was. I took like two or three acting a semester. That was so productive too. I mean, yeah. acting for the camera is productive. If you're exactly. moving to California, it's something that's not in the BFA program. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Michael I Chekhov technique. The professor, yeah. professor is a little bit more forgettable. I remember you had um, uh, I had, uh, I had um, Swain. I had Liz Swain, who is out oh. here and actually directing a show that I'm going to go see um, uh, shortly because I have friends in it. You got to tell um, her I said hi. She she's the one that auditioned. If she's there, when I, I will. When I, when I auditioned to get there, she was um, she was your your yeah, host, Reinhardt and um, Brian mm. Reinhardt and, and um. I had, uh, I had Niles for mine and he was just like, I actually thought I didn't get into the program after my <laughs> audition because like we're Marymount's audition program is like a mock class. You go, you do warmups and all that kind of stuff, but then you sit in a group and you audition, right, so to speak, by doing your monologue, but they give you critiques and feedback right at then, or at least they did, yeah. you know, and they, well, Richard re does, yeah. they redirect and Richard was like, what are you doing? <laughs> like sitting there being yeah. like, you're not a 40 year old woman. Why are you even doing this monologue? Like he was ripping people out. Um, and after mine, he was like, okay, I don't need to see it again. And I was like, I did not get into this program. Yeah, you're all. like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Um, yeah. But fortunately I did. Um, and I think, listen, the proctor is important too, because I was a returning adult student. So yeah. it was returning, returning adult student. Right, because so you were military before. Yeah, military. Right. And then um, thank you for your service. Uh, did a cup of coffee at Hunter College. Um, cup of coffee? Yeah. I, I, my major is volleyball. I, 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 didn't, <laughs> I didn't go to class. I'm going to be honest. I didn't go to class. So it was one of those things. I was at Marymount and then um, started dating this girl who worked at the bookstore, uh, Laura, Laura Cressley. Um, at Marymount? Yeah. She was. Oh, and um, I, and I, was like, I, think I, I was like, I think I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, well, you got to audition. I'm like, no problem. I'm like, she's like, this guy doesn't have a fucking clue, yeah. <laughs> but I'm not going to tell him. Cause I think that's going to, I think his unassuming nature is going to make him, it's going to be a better audition. Yeah. And then the morning of, you know how they do dance first and they do musical theater first before they do the mm -hmm. actors. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I have, you saw people running out of the room crying. Like a uh, well, mother hugging him. Pat Simon's like, oh, you know, yeah. I can't deal with I wasn't going to name him. I'm, I'm just going <laughs> to take a break, you know? I'm just going to yeah. take a break. And you you guys, when you get your stuff together, come back. You know, I was just like. Yeah, I, I'm going to say that. Fucking uh, shit, this is a reality show. I didn't have the um, pleasure of uh, being in Pat Simon's classes. I did hear that she gave people a rather healthy dose of reality. Yeah. And Super how you do that. Uh -huh. There are good ways and bad ways of how you do that. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that uh, there was probably a mix of that. But I know that our musical theater program at Marymount has grown substantially since we were there. Okay. They, have a, they have a major program in it now. Um, yep. It's not just a minor. And um, the success coming out of Marymount's musical theater program, I mean, we have people on Broadway, like, from every graduating there class. Was, um, there was an article, and I forgot the magazine, The Seven Fastest Ways of the Tony Award. Oh yeah, was was Mary Mount was number two? Fuck yeah! It's ridiculous. Is, can I curse on this? Yeah, it's a fucking okay. pie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Fuck yeah, Mary Mount. I'm Joey Diaz is here in spirit. <laughs> right? <laughs> Who's that guy with the? You you ever hear Joey Diaz? This comedian. He's mm. he is 
not for everybody. Mm. You know, he's he's one of these guys. What's up, cocksuckers? You know, he's, uh, okay. he's on he's yeah. on stage. That and, makes me think of George Carlin. Yeah, yeah. I, like whenever Very, I think of like just gratuitous cursing for yeah. the sake of pointing out the ridiculousness yes. of our like uptight and the realness and the um, realness yeah. and the same realness. Yeah. Joey Diaz, um, like is Joe Rogan's favorite comedian, gotcha. and that's saying a lot. But I think the I cool, recognize and the cool him thing about him is he doesn't remember names and when, the way he describes the person. So you could help him with a name. Mm -hmm. it, it, that's even funny. He's like, oh, uh, who's that guy with the, the, with, the with the one nut riding the <laughs> riding the riding the fucking bike? What, 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 what was his name? Oh, yeah. Lance Armstrong. 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 Oh, yeah. Armstrong. Armstrong. <laughs> so, so, that is. So, <laughs> he is fucking hilarious but uh so so for those of you listening marymount is one of these elite these elite um bfa nba programs at the time when matt and i were there they were ranked number two there was juilliard and there was us and central parks in the middle just dividing yeah. just dividing the two we used the hell out of their library though yeah you know, i mean i was over at lincoln center all over i mean that that the lincoln center uh, the library for the performing arts is Holy a gem shit. of resource. I mean, um, one of the most valuable things that I learned from going to college, and this has nothing to do with Marymount per se, yeah. um, was going where your career, like going to school where your career has like a huge impact. Yep. And so like theater, you think about New York, right? Mm -hmm. yep. I mean, film and TV, you think about LA, like you, if you want to go to school for those things, it makes sense to go where your future job is yes. like build your network there's so many resources that you know about like i had a library card for the performing arts library because i was a research student you know because i was yeah. like we had to do research we had to go over there for assignments and stuff that other people didn't even know existed they yeah. didn't know this like you can go watch the original production of chorus line all right which is like fundamentally changed musical theater, for instance. Yeah. You can go and experience those kind of films. I went there and, and watched films before I went to shows, like five or six years into my professional career as research, because that's the point, right? It really is, yeah. It was amazing. It was an amazing opportunity. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, again, for everybody listening, this, this is, um, at Marymount, this is year one stuff. Right. Yeah, we get you. Let's exactly. say you get assigned a scene like uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, well, give anything. Me, give me a memory of what you did year one. I did Suburbia with. Um, uh, oh gosh. Um, shit. I did Don 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 I did Stop Kiss. I wish so, I remember. I feel like we did a scene together, but I don't remember what it was. We, we never worked. The fuck we did. No. Oh, no, we did check off technique. We did scene work together with that. And, right. Um, uh, but um, I thought we worked together. No, in the I first had year. McGuire. I had um. Oh, um, uh, Morgan. Morgan oh McGuire. She's, yeah, she's right? cool. She's still chill. Yeah. Didn't want to, that. I didn't like her back then. I, I was like, this girl is the biggest fucking flake I ever met in my life. But it's it's weird when you actually get around to actually talking to people. <laughs> right. You realize when you actually that, get to know I'm not talking yeah, about her cover. That's, listen, that's what we get for being on this podcast. I'm going to be yep. honest about everybody. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Listen, the only person all four years that was straight up and down like six o'clock that I met was you. All right. You know, I know, you, I know you're going to grad school and I'm like, I got to get this motherfucker on the show. Let's try. So, um... Yeah, but she's one of these people where, like, you know, you say hi, she's like, ah, you know, at the time. And I'm like, she canceled out on me on the scene one time and because and, uh, she said she had a cold or whatever. So I bought her chicken soup for the next scene. 
just just as a gesture you know yeah. i want peace you know that's, that's, I put my hands sh- that's up. also kind of no, shady but I, no but, <laughs> no but but she's one of these rigid characters back yeah then. she's mad sure. young she's 18 just turned 18 right from whatever clovis california comes to new york doing a scene with someone twice her fucking age you know what i'm saying you tap right. her on the shoulder she like winces and i'm just like I'm like bitch i'm bitch i'm not gonna hurt you <laughs> yeah you know? um well not outside of the scene but um it's one of those things i brought her chicken soup and i was like here um, um for our next year yeah. i thought, thought this would be nice and she's like oh no you keep it and i'm just like okay all right maybe that's, uh, maybe that's well, how they do things in california not, not so, the, not yeah the... had a good relationship yeah. with security like bro you want some chicken soup so <laughs> God, damn, i'm too loud on this mic so good man um, um but it was one of those things where um, and we're get, we're gonna get to this whole humanity thing where you sure. you have this um, initial perception of someone and then you you talk to them you understand them you see that you see maybe you know a little bit about their past that shapes who they are today and then they're not they're not, yeah. they're not a bad person you know yes you know for me I'm just I wasn't my whole life I wasn't trying to be a great guy I was trying to be a good guy that's why people always judge me in a pleasant eye you know I'm not out there trying to uh, uh, be more than what I am yeah you know, I I remember uh, I remember being like because I was also a transfer student. So I wasn't yeah. 18 when I arrived right. in New York city. I mean, I think I was, I must've been closer to 2021, 20, um, which is not a huge difference, but like, how you look now. <laughs> Thank you. Please, please go on. Um, uh, but it is a pretty big difference having gone, like I went to school for two years elsewhere. Like I lived on my own for two years elsewhere, done those kind of adulty things. Right. Like, like, I was responsible for cleaning my own damn dishes, yes. um, you know, and I think that uh, a lot of people, especially coming from somewhere else, coming to New York City, like I'm a Midwest boy. It's so coming to New York City. I was like, whoa, this is a lot. Thank God I am not 18. Right. Like, I just can't imagine. Um, yeah. I can't imagine making that kind of plunge. That being said, I think everyone, every single person should spend one year living in the shithole that is New York City, absolutely. In, but in their twenties, because after yeah. that, it's like, what, what are yeah. you doing? Like, did you live in the dorms? I did. I did. I lived in the dorms um, on Fifty Fifth, uh, on the fifth floor. What? What? I lived with um, uh, an RA, um, Andy okay. Stokan, uh, which was <laughs> awesome. He's the worst RA ever, and, I, and best, he, he, and best. Depending yeah. on what age you are, yeah. Or I mean, he, He's he was best. super, super chill. Yeah. Um, but like living with a, living with an RA was always kind of like, are you a narc? Are you a narc? Like, yeah. I can't invite you to my room for drinking because nope. you might go narc. And then, yeah. of course, Why I is got that door closed. Yeah, uh, okay. yeah, exactly. Because we were fucking. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry go ahead. <laughs> um, uh, but no, I had uh, him and a dude named Andrew Burrow, um, who uh, was from Oklahoma, um, and he uh, has gone on. No, I, I was born in Oklahoma. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, he, he's. He, I was born there, but I was raised in North, uh, Northeast Ohio. I don't really remember Oklahoma, but okay. Um, he uh, he was from Oklahoma. Super nice guy. And then our other um, roommate was Ryan Francis, who was my personal roommate. Right. Um, and it was it was the dorms were chill, but I moved out because it's expensive and you have to share a room. Yeah. Like well, even in New York City, like get your own place. Well, that's what I was getting to. I think a lot of people after year one and year two yeah. were like. For the same amount of money, I have to have a roommate anyway. Right. For the same amount of money, I could still live on the Upper East Side. And get my own place. And get my own place yeah. uh, that's a little bigger. And um, most of the time, way cheaper, too. Yes. Like, yeah. 55th was something like 1200 bucks a month. I think my first yeah. apartment that I lived in was 600 right. Like, yeah. half the cost. 
my parents were thrilled. Yeah. I will say that I'm fortunate enough that my parents definitely helped me with, uh, cool. with my school. So. Man, good. And for that, I say good for you, man. Me putting myself through school. I, I mean, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, First that's... of all, I moved from Queens to um, um, Harlem. Okay. For those of you at home, the upper, upper, upper west side. I lived on 148th and St. Nicholas. And that was when Harlem was not so nice. Yeah. But for me, it was like a nicer flat. I'm yeah, yeah. It's Flatbush Avenue, Brooklyn. It's predominantly. It was. It right. was. It was very. It was wild. There's music, loud music everywhere. You know. Yeah. Everyone, everyone with people everywhere. So, Harlem was cheaper than Forest Hills. Right. It got uh, Queens got so expensive, and and anyone has lived in New York can appreciate the the irony and the humor of this. You're moving out of the borough of Queens to live to on to live in Manhattan West Side, because Manhattan, Queens yeah. is expensive. I know, what but the actual fuck. So many so, people. Two live bedroom in, apartment, thousand yeah. dollars a month. Yeah, exactly. So many people mm. in our school lived on the in Spanish Harlem when Spanish Harlem was scary after dark. Yeah, like yeah. and and that does not like. I am clearly very white. Yeah. Um. People definitely. I was. I when I went up and visited friends, they were like, "Who's the Who's this guy?" Um. But like, it did not matter your color, your creed. Um. Spanish no. Harlem was not a safe neighborhood no. at that time, and it's Fucking completely too, different now. Like it is. Yeah. It's like condos and all of that stuff. Um, it is it is gentrified so much, yeah. which is just uh, it's good for uh, safety, but mm. also terrible for uh, society. Yes. you know, which is a little unfortunate. <laughs> when I lived in Harlem, I told some of the guys who would stand out in front of the in front of our building. Mm -hmm. They just. You know, whatever, catcon girls, mean, like mean mugging that people. Ever work? So one night, one no. night, this, this is, but this is how I broke the mold <laughs> with them. Cause growing up on Flatbush, I didn't really recognize black or white because everybody right. was black. My mom's black. I'm a few shades lighter, but to them, I was, I, right. I identify with being black because right. you're black, right? In fact, I got, I got reamed out by saying, for saying the N word. My, my high school was a different neighborhood. It's an Italian right. neighborhood. My, my guy's like, I heard you say nigger. I don't ever want to hear you say that again. I'm like, no, I didn't. <laughs> you know, because it's part of my, my DNA. Right. Like, niggas, you high? So, um, and even now I say it and people are like, okay, he's Puerto Rican because there's no way a white dude is going to be saying that. But mm -hmm. Harlem, different setting. Again, same demographic, African-American, whatever, right. but they don't know you. Right. So the what broke the mold was one night I was saying karaoke, of course. And um as you do. And um took took this girl home with me. She was um Sri Lankan, right? So she had that like half black, but like well, kind of looked like Miranda. Just just this uh, picture a black girl with nice hair, right? <laughs> picture a black girl that don't have to spend two hundred dollars on her hair, okay? Um so they're in front of the building, they're standing there, they're like this. Right, like this. So, so I walked by. I opened the door. I let her in. Right, and when I let her in, I turned around. All five of them went. <laughs> <laughs> you got the seal of approval, my man. And that's when we started talking. Because two days later, I was like, "Listen, you don't want this neighborhood to start being 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 um more expensive. Find the nearest white guy, beat his ass." <laughs> so, so, well, so you better talk to Columbia about so, that. So was, yeah. So it was one of those things. It's definitely politically incorrect thing to say, but at the time, um, they were all laughing about it because they 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 knew. And and yeah. and, and for you and me, it was the right place, right time. Fifty five hundred dollars right. on fifty fifty fifth Street. Um, oh my gosh! You know, I mean, it was a great place. It was like 
Marymount as a whole <clears throat> and the dorms as a whole, um, they were they were a great place, like a nest in yeah. this giant city. Yep. And I know some people, like, they moved to New York and went off the deep end because all, all of a sudden, I mean, no one's carting at bars. You can get whatever you want any time of the day. Like, literally 4.30 in the morning, you want delivery, they will bring it to you. Nobody cracks down on yeah. an Irish pub. No, yeah. I mean, there was a door or um, there was a, a bar on 55th Street, like, two doors down that, like, they didn't cart ever. Yeah, like, it was, it was called, like, Blackfriar or something yes. like that. It was something like that. I mean, they got shut down because they didn't card anyone and there were so many dorm students they were like yeah there's this is our bar mm -hmm. and they're like 18 19 years old whatever because they don't card in new york because of the cabs and subway you can get home safe and so people are just like eh, whatever they're gonna give us money great um i thought that the dorm was a great first year nest in this giant city it's a safe it was a safe place um, but then after that, I was like, okay, I would like to not live in this expensive place that share a room, you know? And so right. I lived in, lived on the Upper East Side, I'm 93rd and Lex. Um, then I lived out in Brooklyn for a year in Williamsburg. Way, which, which at the time was awesome. It was awesome. Way expensive. No, it wasn't actually that bad because I lived in, um, I lived in South Williamsburg, uh, and it was not the hipster that it is now yeah. like you had to walk through like the areas where there were broken fridges on yeah. the street that kind of stuff we had a, a two-story house there with a backyard it was amazing it was amazing i paid 700 a month for that i still remember um yeah right like this day and age you remember any of that stuff <laughs> pays to be good looking yeah well i mean i wasn't the one who found it <laughs> I, I was along for the ride on that one um and then i lived on the upper east side again for my senior year um but then Every year after I graduated, I was out in Astoria because it was still affordable. And um, my wife and I went back and visited there. And we we're like, there's no way we could afford this anymore. Right. And we've only been in California for four years. Yeah. Like it has changed even in those four years so dramatically. And that's like New York City in a nutshell. It is always transient. Yeah. Um, always out. changing. Yeah. Yeah. We would. Like I'm sure. I mean, even now, like 147 St. Nicholas, you still have places for cheap, but that's, that's dissipated. Yeah. You know, um, I would think that you'd need to go 20, 30 blocks higher yeah. these, this day and age to, to well, me, get when that I decided to own, I decided to own, we, I went down, I, you know, uh, we ended up, before we moved here, we lived on 87 in West End. Oh, nice. One bedroom. That's a nice area. It's 1,285 square feet. So big yeah, place. That's a big place for New York City. It is. You had closets there probably. No, we had an office. We, like when yeah. I, me and my girlfriend, when we moved in together, um, well, I ain't going to lie. It was her place. But um, we we had our desk. We, yeah. There was this whole space where we could have our desk opposite sides of the room. Because yeah, that's unheard there, of. There's, um, you know, she's in finance. So she does a lot of work at home. Me, I decided to, um, at, the, sugar, at the mama. time, at the time, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> if you're not a millionaire by the time you're 40, make sure you're fucking married to one. Um, uh, so I better, get, I better get working on being a millionaire. Yeah, something. <laughs> or make sure she is, right? Yeah. So, um, no, but it was one of those things where we had, you know, we worked, we did a lot, a lot of work from home. So yeah, having right. that space is important, you know, and flipping this place is just, yeah. my, my little, this is, um, we're podcasting out of my command center, but this, this overall is a genuinely nice neighborhood. The second, yeah. ni second nicest neighborhood I've ever been in, second only to the Upper West Side. Yeah. I believe it. I mean, when I drove in here, I was, I was like, this, is nice. this seems pretty, pretty It's a beach banging. life. Yeah. 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 The beach life isn't, I'm, I'm more a mountains guy myself, um, but I'm, I certainly appreciate being this yeah. close to 
I'm a concrete. I'm a, I'm still a concrete jungle guy, but yeah. I think for where my career was steering when I moved here, beach volleyball on right. indoor volleyball and transitioning to coaching beach is great. It makes sense to be yeah. in the place where you work. The girl, she's tech in the show. She's she's on. You know, she plays. Yeah, she's she goes all yeah. She's in the she's in all the all the go series uh, I have a little and stuff like that. Sometimes, <laughs> just a little bit. I always loved volleyball. Um, I actually tried to start a, a men's volleyball team in my high school, but because of um, was it uh, Title Nine? Um, where yeah. it's like equal opportunity for women and men, there is no way that we could ever start one because of our football team. Right. Because there's yeah. so many starting positions on a football team that are, you know, all guys. That takes up like the female soccer team, that takes up the female um, softball team. And like, yep. They're like, it's already no way. They think just of, said no. I mean, think about this. Even in, this is high school and college. Yep. Think about every big major university that doesn't have a men's volleyball team texas yeah texas doesn't have a volleyball because they have michigan, 70 people on roster michigan, for their football team right michigan doesn't have a, a syracuse all of the duke all of these big schools don't have a ohio state they yeah, do go Buckeyes. they do they're, well they're the best to me they're the best college uh last 10 years are the best college team of the decade and I got a lot of friends on the West Coast. Like, oh, no, You're no. talking about Ohio State's Ohio uh, State's men's volleyball. men's volleyball team. Yeah. They um well, this is the decade of repeat champions. Gotcha. All right. The last two years were Long Beach State. Okay. Um two years before that were Ohio State. Nice. Um, in fact, Long Beach State had to beat Ohio State 42 to 40. You have to win wow. by two. Yeah, right. Uh, right. Just, just to, and, and just to isn't unseat Isn't it supposed the to end at 21? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 25. Yeah. Injures uh, 25, outdoors 21. Okay. Um, I, use, I, so, I watch Olympic uh, beach volleyball. Yeah. I will admit that I'm a fan for that. Um, go Carrie Welsh. Yes. Uh, got got name, name drop a little bit so I don't sound completely <laughs> ignorant. Well, I had her husband on a podcast. Oh yeah, Casey Jennings. Awesome, um, and sat uh, multiple time AVP. Wasn't champ, he? Uh, wasn't champ. he the coach um, some of the time when when they were competing in the Olympics? No, nah, the coach was um, uh, Marcio Sacoli, he's a Brazilian guy. Okay, he coached Kerry Walsh and Misty May. Yeah. Oh and my God, they're badass. And then um, him and then her and um, April Ross. But yeah, I, I just remember there. them being like they they were kind of yeah. like the old timers, and they were still whooping these yeah. youngsters. And I'm like. Guess right, what? Girls. Guess what? You do you want to tell them what's happening in 2020? <laughs> Who, who's second right now on points? Carrie She's second on points as far as like qualifying. Because how quali old is she? She's she's gotta be in her 40s. 43. She's probably yeah. 43. If I had to do the the math, but Fuck that's yeah, that's, girl. But that's a power. You're couple. awesome. Keep on doing <laughs> what you do. <laughs> it's a power couple, man. They're they're, yeah. they're both. You know, he's he's a BYU uh, two-time NCAA champ, uh, multiple-time FIVB champ, multiple-time AVP champ, and um, let me tell you something. He the uh, aggressively defends uh, defends his woman. There was oh, a, for sure. There was a, a podcast. I would too. There was a commentator, Kevin Barnett, um, that was crapping on the league that she started. She started a new league because the uh, po uh, um, politics, which I won't get into with the AVP. Sure. And Kevin Barnett, 20, for 20 straight minutes, had this diatribe on why it wasn't, it wasn't working. What are you guys doing? Uh, you know, Carrie, Carrie shouldn't be doing this. Carrie should be doing that. And this guy, I guess who was on the next episode? The husband. And it was, you, I mean, you saw it, Miranda. It was the most uncomfortable because when you got two people, you got a bunch of athletes, right? One's a color commentator, but he's not a debater. He doesn't right. have real debate skills. Um, he's uh, just, he's, he's just going on a rant. He's got the gift of gab. Right. But he doesn't have real debate skills. And he's like, all I'm, all I'm doing is stating, stating facts right now. And I'm, and I'm like, actually, you're not. You're stating you're sta your opinion and yeah. disguising it as facts. Yes. I mean, you're, this you're, is the you're problem. You're illogically connecting Fox facts. News. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, bullshit. Yeah, you called you. Listen, we, <laughs> we could get them out of the way first because Fox is the easy one. Yeah, okay, yeah. We, we could have a healthy debate about MSNBC. Fox is the one that CNN, I don't but, agree with. So but Fox, it's easy like, to... just pick another example. Yeah. Maybe that, that, that's just that's, no, that's the onion. That's the onion for Republicans. Absolutely. I mean, uh, uh, MSNBC has similar problems. I mean, they they certainly do. Like, don't like, don't like how they did Yang. Right. Well, I mean. Uh, my my yes. problem is is a more general thing. Not talking about like presidential politics. I'm sure. No. We'll, I'm sure. I expect. No, we'll more, get into I think that. it was deliberate. I just thought it was inc incompetent. Right. My my problem is is that any of the news sources these days that we are watching and regurgitating in yeah. our conversations and and or just like keeping in and like oops sorry and like Facebooking about and all that kind of stuff. We're, we're up in arms about whatever. Half that yeah. stuff that we're, we're regurgitating is someone else's opinion based on the facts. On, and that's... But yeah, and the question is, how do the facts... What right. what two facts? How do you make the logical connection right. from one fact to the, uh, the right. to the other is the argument. The, the yeah. like, I love Rachel Maddow. I think she's a very skilled... Highly educated. Highly educated. I trust her interpretation of the facts uh -huh. but you still have to go into that stuff with a critical eye and yeah. so many people don't on both sides and yeah. that's so much of the problem that we're in now i and i and i think it comes from levels of bias like let's be real matt let's be real miranda everything we talk about being real everything now. no but every we weren't real before every position yeah. you take <laughs> turn it on every every position you take no because you no, because right now, what's coming up next is going to be like, I'm not biased. I'm pretty, I'm, I'm fair with everybody. I'm as fair as fair as you're ever going to meet with everybody. And even I'm going to tell you that where I start my argument comes from a position of, of, of bias. It's, there's just levels oh, to it, right? Like, I mean, there's example, no way for Elizabeth someone to be Warren, completely unbiased. I'll give you an example, a popular example. Elizabeth Warren accused um, uh, Bernie, Bernie, our old, old man Bernie, right? Of um, Mr. Sanders. Of sexism, right? Of, of saying yeah. a woman can never be president. Now, Which if he said is fucking bullshit. Right. It is bullshit. But if he says he didn't, my bias mm -mm. Take, takes the, the fact that this man has spent 40 years championing women's rights, all right, versus somebody who comes out of nowhere and says that. So my bias gives him the presumption of innocent until proven guilt. Right. Because how, how does Bernie prove he doesn't say that? Sure. He didn't say that. I mean, it's an, it's an impossible task. But at the same time, just because you are a supporter of someone's rights right. doesn't mean he didn't say that. I mean, those two things are not that's mutually dangerously exclusive. close to disproving a negative, though. Right, right. But what I'm saying is, is just there's it, no evidence of something that didn't exist didn't exist. No, I, and I'm not saying whether he said it or whether he didn't. Right. What I'm no, saying no, is, is his just like any politician, mm -hmm. um, because I think our wonderful uh, former mayor Bloomberg, his his we're going to get into him. In a minute. His belly flop of an entrance into uh, the the. Uh, political we got, we got time for <laughs> that one. sweet um <laughs> his belly flop of a thing into um the uh the debate last night was certainly interesting but um he one of his things was like hey i've been nice to women and elizabeth warren eviscerated him over it as she should have because just like this were what launched us into this little tangent bernie sanders whether he said it or didn't mm -hmm. is sure like that's a story that the pundits are going to talking talking heads are just going to go on and on and on about mm -hmm. and they're going to spin cycle the hell out of that sound bite right but just because bernie sanders has been a champion of women does not mean 
it's impossible for him to say that in the first place, right? right. He can be a supporter of African-American people and their need for, say, like income equality and um, social justice in prisons. He can be a supporter of all those things. Mm -hmm. That, and I'm not saying that he said this, no, but that doesn't mean that he couldn't. I mean, I don't know. Right. He, that doesn't mean he couldn't have said at some time, well, it's clear that we couldn't have an African American president because the country's not ready for it. Yeah. Like, there is. Here's, where I, here's what I think happened. I think. I think misinterpretation. There was a huge, happened. definitely. There was a huge, yeah. you know, there was a civil war in 2016 between him and Hillary where there were, where. You know, people will call Bernie bots, and of course, Bernie bots are going to be like, "Hey, fuck, Bernie Bros, fuck, too. Fuck you, you <laughs> fuck you, you establishment retards." I mean, right. how do you expect? I mean, I'm going to defend him a little bit. How do you expect someone to react when, when you 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 go online and you say, "Well, that's not true." He said this. Oh, well, here come the Bernie bots again. I'm like, right? What the fuck did I do to you guys? No, but here's the point I was trying to make. Um, shit, I'm, I, I, I just <laughs> left. No, um, when Hillary lost. Hillary won the nomination and she lost. Right. I think this is what I think. Lost happened. ish. I, I think, think there's some some asterisks there, depending yeah. on. I well, mean, I mean, realistically, she's not the president, so she lost. But well, we yeah. we just had a conversation about the difference in getting the most votes and then and then how things work, right? Remember, right. remember, Bernie won Iowa, had the most votes, uh, but didn't but but didn't didn't yeah. get all the delegates. Right. So, and so he, technically, so, he didn't win Iowa. So, so the same goes to Hillary. Technically, she didn't win the election, right? right? Absolutely. The same people have to be consistent on like, right. if you don't want the electoral college, how about get rid of super delegates? How, or how about how about make sure your delegate system right. is right? How about how about fix your own fucking house before right. you know you do this? But but what I was trying to say was, um, probably the day the day she lost, Bernie probably just said, "Fuck my life. There's no way a woman's going to be president." And maybe, and maybe, right, but was maybe he's Elizabeth in the same... Warren sitting next to him when he said that. And, that's, and, that's, <laughs> and that, and that might be my theory. Yeah, I mean, maybe you know. And she probably just said, "Shit." At this point, maybe, maybe not. But then, four years right. later, you know what? He said that I got ammunition. Right. So that's and my I mean, theory. I don't that's necessarily... my theory on what happened. I don't think she's lying. I just think I just think one of them. Not, yeah. I don't think one of them are remembering that. I also. But my bias, my bias goes right. by people's from people's past. Right. Right. I mean, as we should, we should take their past actions into account. Well, the for, consistency to the president. Right, right. Just like, I mean, you can't all of a sudden be like, hey, I'm for, or, uh, I'm for income equality when, for instance, yeah. Mayor Bloomberg is a, what, 66 billionaire or something like that. I mean, clearly there's some problems there, whether he thinks he earned it and worked hard for it or not, which is like almost a direct quote from mm -hmm. his thing last night. He, Someone asked him, um, uh, I don't remember if, I think the moderator asked him and he was like, yeah, I absolutely deserve to have all my money. And I'm like, okay. Um, every, that's billion, like, every billionaire thinks they deserve it. Well, of course. But I mean, I think the, the, the larger point is, is probably in Bernie's favor in this mm -hmm. one that we probably shouldn't have billionaires in the first place. He's not like, my first candidate. He's not my second or my third. He is but not that mine was, either. That I would vote for but him. But to me, that was a cheap fucking question. Oh, about the billionaire thing? Yeah. Because yeah. what I mean, is he doing with his billions? At the he's same time. It, he's basically giving it all away. And he, and well, he's spending, he signed the and pledge, he's, for and he's, sure. And he's spending it to make sure that that orange man is not... Um, uh, um, yeah, not che Cheeto in Chief. So, um, yeah. What do you call him? Cheeto, Cheeto in Chief. <laughs> um, that's, I, I won't claim the origin of that one, but it's yeah. certainly appropriate. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it might be a cheap shot 
and so to speak, because it's a loaded question. And it's like, how do you answer that correctly? Uh, the the reality is is he could have answered it in a way of like saying yes I have made billions of dollars that using in the system whatever yeah but that doesn't make the system right and because of that I am and have signed this philanthropy pledge to give away seventy five percent or more of my yeah. wealth and that kind of stuff by the way seventy five percent of his wealth and he will still be a multi billionaire right just putting no, that shit out there. For- next three generations is set right i mean forever like his family as long as money still exists they will be fine well the reason why i thought it was it was a loaded question like you did and the reason why i thought it was unnecessary is because it's it's illogically connected to to um what he did in politics the difference between him him making an attempt to understand people and having his his head in the sand or and and just being and just being like um dismissive about some things are, are where they should have focused their arguments it's a, yeah. it's a billionaire who doesn't have who does not have connection with what's going on like, right but he has we, we no spent time in new york yeah. okay yeah when he he won, does not have to worry about walking down the yeah. street and fighting his way into a subway no. car to get home no. after working a 14-hour no, day being part of the rat race no no but um his second term basically he met up with ministers Mm-hmm. Um, he, tra- he, he this is the only time I give him credit for even trying. Met with ministers, met with local leaders. It's like, listen, these people are, um, they grew up in these neighborhoods when it was bad. Now the rent's going up and now it's good. You're asking them to move out. They're getting priced out. So what he did was he's like, he hired, he thought he hired the right people and said, listen, this X amount, 30% of this building or whatever is going to be afford- affordable housing. Right. So in your mind, if you're living, if you're living way what up here, in your mind, you, thank you. Yeah. If you, if you, in your mind, you're doing the right thing. Cool. That's affordable housing. I did that. Right. Oh, but, but the problem is, and you, and you know, I'm getting that right. If in this apartment, to get this apartment, you have to make less than sixteen hundred a month. Right. And how do you survive in New York with that? You don't. For one, so I mean, this, even I, if, you're, I even the, if your I rent is like $500. I mean, but I call it the get fucked category. Right. You are, you make too much money to right. qualify for affordable housing, but you don't make enough yeah. to actually afford to, and, to, and, to pay the regular rent. The yeah. get fucked category. And for anyone who doesn't understand this, mm-hmm. um, if you, for instance, are just priced out of Obamacare subsidies, yep. it is the same thing. Yep. And so like, if you make that, I think the threshold this year was something like $49,900, and then you would get a subsidy or some of some kind. Mm-hmm. And if you make $50,000, you get zero. Yep. Like, like that's exactly the same thing in this situation where you could make pennies more and then not qualify. Or if you had qualified previously to stay in these places, right. you would get evicted. Yeah, like it's it's crazy. I mean, affordable housing in in any major city is, especially as our urban centers grow astronomically. Yeah. Like the the population in LA, the population in New York has certainly exploded to the point where people are now leaving in droves and going to say places like Columbus. Columbus is one of the fastest growing cities in yeah, the country. Man. Yep. Um, uh, be, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm from Ohio, so I can certainly speak about um, the the trends in Ohio. Um, Cleveland is another example of a population that shrunk dramatically, but now is getting a huge influx of people from Chicago, people from New York, people from, you know, the DC area. They're moving to these cities because for right now, Mm -hmm. the income can provide a good living, but 
it's the same. It's, they're going to run into the same problems. They're going to run into the same exact issues of we have more people than we can house at an affordable rate. Right. And and that's terrible. Yeah. I mean, uh, one of the things that uh, I know that um, De Blasio has been trying to do is just to build new entire project style affordable housing in the Lower East Side. And of course, then you get into whole like NIMBY arguments of like, I don't want that next to my block where my kids go to school, whatever. It's like, how do you solve these complex issues? I think it's just about embracing everybody as human beings. Like someone right? looks, That'd be I nice. mean, in New York, look, there's a wealthy, no, I don't give a fuck. I get sued. I'm good. Yeah. Just, yeah. just settle out of court. It's, yeah. And the wealthy in New York is like, yeah, not people making a million a year. No. You need to be making like five, no. 10 million a year no. to be considered. The guys who make a million a year, I call the asshole rich. Those, yeah. those are the ones who are mad because they're not wealthy. And then they, they, right. they, they look down and they shit on everybody else. Right. Cause a million Cause, in a year. Cause the way to feel good about your money is to shit on, shit on other people who don't make more to you because right. you're mad. Cause you don't make right. those guys. Make but like a million a year in New York is like when your apartment costs three or $4,000 a month. Yeah. I mean like, or your mortgage costs ten thousand dollars a month. That's not a shit ton of money for your rent. Yeah, <laughs> you're working. Yep. You're working for your landlord. So I get yep. that. And I grew up in New York, and I, I I know enough people in my life there that anyone's like, oh, the middle class is getting fucked. And I'm like, how much do you make a year? Two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars a year. Yeah, it's like man, suck, suck. Ooh, nah. <laughs> Go kick rocks. How about that one? Mm. Um, <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to be less raunchy because my my um my employer, who's the founder and Los Beach Volleyball, has her kids watching because we have volleyball guests. Uh, but, but I so now is not the time we no, should talk about our favorite exactly, curse no, words. No, because we have a. <laughs> oh, remember that? I As did. As that is is one of my favorites too. Yeah. Though, but um, I mean, I think the point I was trying to make. Everyone has this middle class lumped into this one big category, but no, there's I, so many shades. I've of that. never listen. I afford to live in Harlem. I afford to live on the Upper West Side or whatever. I never. Per year, even even now, my girlfriend's a whole different story. But I've never made two hundred thousand dollars a year. I've I've never oh made more than I've never made more than seventy thousand, sixty or seventy thousand. I made yeah. a combined seventy thousand with three jobs. I was coaching right. NCAA volleyball. I'm working at a cardiology practice, middle right. level administration. Um, and yeah. I had to in they, LA. They, they that's not a lot of money. In one category, there's, yeah. there's going to be people. The the get fucked category again are the people that make just enough. Where they don't qualify for the affordable housing, just enough. Where they don't get the health yeah. healthcare subsidies. Yep. And um, I will now plug uh, that I believe Please. that healthcare mm -hmm. is a human right, and maybe we should follow in the footsteps of every other, like first world country yeah. in the world that has government related healthcare. Yep. Maybe yeah. we should do that too. I mean, because like here and here's Everyone's my worried about their taxes going up. But if you have fuck that, no. But if you if you actually have that, you're right. paying less. You end up paying less. And yeah. here's 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 my counter argument, right? Please, because people are like, no, it won't work. It won't work. And I'm like, why don't we try? Yeah. And if it because it can't crashes, stay the, it can't stay the same. Right. And if it crashes and but well, it can stay the same for a very few select people who are making billions and billions of dollars, which is great. Mm. But um the the reality is is like why don't we try because if it crashes and burns then you might actually be vindicated in your argument that it will never work but mm -hmm. until you actually try it and it doesn't work like your argument doesn't hold water right we should in fact try it because it will be a raging success there is a huge just my opinion influence on both sides though Dumont, um, 2024 that's listen <laughs> 
you're, you're, in, you're in the room of agreement right now. Yeah. I, I, I always believe that, okay? I mean, I um, think the, the preamble of the Constitution, right, like we, we are here for the, the pursuit of happiness, li life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, right? Mm -hmm. Life includes health. Yes, we want to live to to, yeah. to be happy. Living is included, like, included but not living, yeah. but not limited. To, yeah, living <laughs> to includes the, your health. Happiness yeah. part. So I, I mean, I think that there's there's so many yeah. justifiable things, even for the originalists, which yeah. I think that entire idea is just complete and utter bullshit. Um, I also think I, I I get angry when when it comes to certain things, people don't ask about where the money's going to come from. All right. Yeah. And when it comes to healthcare, oh, where where's the money going to come from? It's going to come from, like I said, if you're paying into a certain system, right. we're we're all paying into a certain system. We we actually end up spending less. One way or right. another, you got to spend. It's just a matter of how much you got to spend. And afford a uh, free healthcare actually. Well, it's not free. We we are we well, earn it. No, the word free meaning paid for by. Right. Okay. Right. right. Listen, I, I can take you to Starbucks after this, and not get your green tea frappuccino. For you, it's, for you, it's free, right? <laughs> right. But, but it means, but it means you, someone pays for. Yeah. Right. So I mean, people need to be careful about that word too. But what pisses me off yeah. is when, and I'll use um, um, the military as an example. When it comes to sending people to war, nobody cares about the fucking. Nobody's budget. talking about nobody the price tag on a bomb. Everybody's talking about anti-war, but but, yeah. but for Trump's little personal war, where we're fucking pimping our soldiers to Saudi Arabia, yeah. uh, um, amongst all of them, things. all of them approve that budget. All right. Yeah. When it comes to watch and, this, watch and this. he just talked about gutting all these programs yeah. and increasing the defense budget again, which is more than what the next fifteen countries combined. Yeah, right? we don't need it. How many are our, how many of them are our allies? Too? Yeah. Uh, I mean, um, I support the <laughs> troops. I will be the first one to be like, yes. I am thankful. My sister was military. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I have military in my family yep. going back generations, like yeah. most American families do. Um, uh, and certainly the ones who don't have that doesn't mean right. they're any less patriotic by any, by any standards. But I feel like everybody can get behind the idea that we all support the troops. Where there's a disconnect is where people question patriotism because I questioned the budget for the military. Mm. And we have all these missiles pointed at each other across the world. And it's like, okay, is there a huge difference between having a hundred missiles and having 50 missiles that would end human you life on really earth? You need two. <laughs> right, right. I mean, you, you need a couple maybe, yeah. and then the earth will be irrevocably changed. Mm. Um, and, and the, 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 the point of that though is, is like, questioning the priorities of the government and their budget which we're getting into like some wonky shit right now but questioning the priorities of that does not make you any less patriotic and i think that that needs to be trumpeted by the party that i happen to agree with yeah so much more than it is because Look, it's used as a bludgeon Matt, do you know, over and do, over and for, over again before i say what i gotta say you know what, what we have in common we what? we love democratic values we we hate shitty democrats all right we get I that out of the I way i think agree? anyone can agree that they like their particular values and hate yeah. shitty politicians i just hate shitty people in general yeah all right exactly Look, I, politicians I love feminism. <laughs> no i love feminism but i i am gonna say every feminist uh, every feminist is, is right. a good person pieces right. of y'all pieces of shit too sometimes yeah this is what this, i was getting somewhere with this whole right right thing. You you brought up the age old mantra that if you don't support the military you don't love America and that's the, that's the time tested um, um, baseless 
um, illogically connected ac accusation that you're going to hear since the Vietnam. I'll just go back as yeah. far as the Vietnam War. Right, because to, it was um, certainly used to, before that. Up to um, um, post 9-11, um, right. uh, invading Iraq, weapons of mass destruction, and this and that. Right. Like if you and didn't, the people if you didn't, didn't the vote Iraq that war, war were, were considered unpatriotic. Yeah. And and they've been using that against yeah. um, people like Sanders ever yeah. since because I know that well, he, he voted was against. He, yes, exactly. He yeah. was one of the people who voted against the Iraq yeah. War. He was one of the few, yeah. and for that he should absolutely be lauded. I think everyone that voted for the Iraq War. I mean, everybody, everyone gets called out on on their past on that. I think there are certain people that deserve a pass on that. Like right. if you're George Bush. All right, and you got a you got Dick Cheney in your ear, who's supposed to be your intelligence, right? You got Colin Powell co-signing oh co back in, and they're like, right. Sir, they're I mean, like, listen, Mr. President, we they're making weapons of mass destruction, and you, right. and you got someone like George Bush, right? Fucking like, a C yes. student that goes in the that went we're, to gonna, we're gonna go out in there and bomb. No, no, no. <laughs> that's well, that's the end line, right? But this comes. This is the question that comes before the end line. Dick, come here. How sure are you? Right. That these people are, wake, are making – before I do what I got to do, how sure are you? Right. But did he ask are, that question? He did. He did. His, his, his um, people in the room, they hit like um, the, the, the White House the, – uh, you know how the White House has archives right. or whatever, these but conversations? plausible he deniability said, of being like, we're pretty sure yeah. – I'm not saying he's a good person. I'm just saying that sometimes bad people do do, do, uh, do uh, brainless people do do smart things. Okay, he had symptoms right. of intelligence on that. Okay, symptoms um, of intelligence. So it's, more, it's more, <laughs> that is my new yeah. favorite phrase. <laughs> no, but listen, when someone asks you, "What am I, an asshole?" Just tell him, "No, you have symptoms of intelligence." But uh, <laughs> symptoms. So of he comes up. He's like, Dick, so "Dick, come here. How sure are you that these people?" have weapons of mass destruction. Dick says, Mr. President, 100%. Right. Absolutely. Our, our intelligence Yeah, the villain in the room Dick, is Dick Cheney. Our intelligence is dick hard, okay? Right. Um, all right, let's go. You yeah. know, any president, and I, this, is why I don't, this is why I don't blame Bush as, mu as much as I blame the evil man. We'll just call him the evil man. We have the orange man, we got the evil man. Whatever you call Trump, I'm a substitute. The evil man, Dick Cheney. It's all right. Cheeto in chief. Uh, Cheeto in chief. <laughs> Don't forget it, Jason. Don't forget it. That's um, that's that's my contribution to this show and dude, its future is Cheeto and G. Dude, I'm gonna play this back. Are you kidding? It's gonna be great. <laughs> it is going to be great. I'm gonna play all this back. So um here's the argument I have with the whole veteran things. When it comes to going to war, oh you're not patriotic. You're, this is America, this is America, fuck you right. assholes. But and and um this is where it drops like a ton of bricks in it. It angers me where I, I probably broke my hand. When they come back. Yeah, what do we do for them? Fuck all. We have the biggest. Hang on, finish oh my, my sentence for me. Go, I'm gonna start. go on. Like the, no, the, you're the guest. Go on. The biggest homeless problem in this country is homeless vets. And why are they on the street at all? They're, they're right, right, of course. We have tons of post-traumatic stress type related injuries we have brain injuries i mean we're talking about all these from the all's clear uh suleimani uh retaliation from the iranian government where they we are now getting reports that it is not all clear we have a hundred plus soldiers from that um air base that have uh um head injuries because yeah. of it and of course those things take time um cte takes time to show up those kind of things um uh, but and those are from warning shots, and those are just from warning shots, right? Like those are like shots across the bow, being like, "Hey, don't fuck with us anymore." Um, mm -hmm. uh, the 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 thing, the the plight of our veterans, and I I use plight specifically because it is disaster of what we are doing 
Um, we are not taking care of our soldiers who are going to fight for our freedoms. We exist as a country because we have soldiers who are willing to fight and die for our stuff. And the fact, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that. right, guys. Right. Um, uh, yeah. and, and the fact that we mistreat them so terribly is a plight against them. And, and that's, they, don't you see where I was getting at? Where's the patriotism? Wait, yeah, exactly. Where's the, where's the yep. uh, we're America, we're America. We're, I'm sorry, we're, we're, MAGA where's users. Where's that shit? Where's <laughs> that shit? No, no, there, listen, there are MAGA users, okay? Sure. They and that's are a broad brush that no, I just listen, painted with. I'm no, but sorry. listen, they're, the, they're on the other side of the aisle, and I don't agree with every, every one of them, but there are those guys uh, um, that wear those MAGA hats. I, I'm not going to do a percentage. I don't know the numbers. I would say about half of them are like, why aren't we taking our care of our people uh, coming back? Yeah. I, you know, I will trust your info on that because I, I, well, I see people. Are, I have so sure. many. If you've ever seen my my, sure. my social network, whatever, and right. and and um, the only reason why I get along with everybody is because I talk to people like right. human beings. If I, if I call a right winger a gun nut, you know what he's going to tell me? Fuck you, you liberal retard. Yeah. And then there's no conversation. Right. My my problem is is that the people who are dressing in patriotism to the mm -hmm. point that they're literally wearing illegally because it is against the law well it's flag code flat it's against the flag code mm -hmm. if you are and i'm like fine dress up your patriotism wear a flag jacket yeah wear flag pants but don't, do but don't be a hypocrite and exactly that's where my problem lies takes a knee. <laughs> right if if someone if someone is against the if they are so antithetical to uh to war and to military because of whatever like fine be true to yourself um be a good humanitarian and take care of the people when they come back but that's not hypocritical to me necessarily if they don't right the people who are wearing literally like flag patriotism as garments and then are like just completely absent that seems hypocritical to of me. Of course. Symbolism is not right. activism. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Is not activism. I support the troops. Okay. How are you supporting the troops? Yeah. Verbally? Great. That that does not help them pay yeah. their rent. Have you visited the VA? Um, right. Exactly. Um, and I'm not going to claim you, to have what, done those things because no. I am not perfect either. I'll give you an example how um, I'm an Obama head. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm 50 this year, so I can only speak to what? Him. Yeah. Fuck off with that. Are you serious? Yeah, man. You're going to be 50? Show you some ID, bro. Um, <laughs> what did they say? Black don't crack. That's right. Let me tell you something. If you're good, if you look good white, though, you look good any color because white, white is so unforgiving. Yeah. It well, is so unforgiving. Any imperfection, white is like, oh, it's right there. Look, look, look. Oh, look, there, there. look can, at it. There it is. Can look. I plug something real quick? Please go ahead. So, um, uh, because it just made me think of it, saying black don't crack. Um, there is an <laughs> there's an there's an amazing show on Netflix called um, it is the Astronomy Club. It is from uh, one of our fellow Marymounters is one of the cast members of it. His name is James. James the third what was James, James Smith yeah dude you didn't James. know this no shit dude it's so good so he's on Netflix with his improv troupe they filmed a Netflix series and the first season of it is awesome I like watch it tomorrow James Smith yeah fucking a you yeah. get the reference yeah that's right James um you get the reference right yeah of course yeah. I'm sure we're going to talk about it too we but, have to we, um, could, we could jump the fuck he, off he, of politics he, right goes, now. he goes by James third now yeah just just for well, that he's always been that since college yeah since for sure but he, he is jones too he has removed smith i think from his his uh oh good like because he goes by james uh, james third now i like that but um his his a uh his uh troop 
um, got picked up by Netflix, um, and they were produced by um, one of the producers of, uh, I want to say Blackish. Yeah. And it went, I don't remember all the stuff, so I apologize, I James. But this. he it is such a good show. My wife and I binged it. We loved all of it. And they of course have a cold open about Black Don't Crack. And Fucking it's Pop Tarts so good. Yeah, man. Pop we one of us made it the big time. Sure. And it, it Pop Tarts Pop Tarts comedy club in Marymount that yeah. would do skits. It was like it was so SNL. Um yeah, it yeah. was like a, a um we, I don't know, poor what, man's SNL. Yeah, poor man's <laughs> SNL out of college. Um uh, it was called Pop Tarts, which is, which yeah. is not exactly PC, so my apologies. Um but it was it's, it was hysterical. Um we had such good times, like we had a um uh Captain Planet sketch that I still to this day crack up about. The power is yours. The power I had um so I was Mati because uh, I don't know why, but um, Mati had the power, instead of the power of heart, he, yeah. he gave up the power of heart because like, what did Mati ever do on that show other than have a monkey? Mm -hmm. um, so my, my best friend at the time, um, he is still one of my best homies in life. Um, uh, my, my buddy Ivan was my monkey, which was one awesome, because he threw Snickers bars out of his diaper at people to, uh, to yeah, this is college sophomore humor. But I had, instead of the power of heart, I had the power of orgasm, which was nice. phenomenal in crime fighting. I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. <laughs> so it's on Netflix. Yeah, it's called what? It's called Astronomy Club. It is the name of their group and also the name of the Netflix yeah. series. And like, I literally recommend it tomorrow. Go go watch it tomorrow. I fully plug it. Um, I will admit that I loved ninety five percent of it. Good, you know, and that's, which is like for a, that, that's an A. That's like yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's an, that's an A. a. <laughs> and the stuff that I didn't like absolutely love, it's probably because I didn't get the inside joke, which I would understand, right? Nice. It was fantastic. No, Are people saying that they're... No, we're talking about color. Is it, what, uh, about, what about light skin? Uh, yeah, <laughs> light skin? I'm a little white. <laughs> you are, yeah. I'm a little white. Um, That's what they call me growing up in Brooklyn. Like, he, yeah. He's white, he's a light-skinned brother. <laughs> well, talking about talking about that, um, I feel like, uh, do you want to talk about UACT? Yes, that's where I was going, because yeah. James Smith... Um, yeah, we, he was also listen, uh, I just that whole Obama thing, I just wanted to finish by saying oh, sure. he, he, he um, helped sign a bill called VRAP, VRAP, Veterans Retraining Assistance Program. If you were late, if you're a vet, you were laid off to no fault of your own, they pay for um, Re two, two years of college or, awesome. or whatever, whatever. I actually, I actually usually go to real estate school. Yeah. You know, to, Though, I'm they pay for books, they pay for cost of living, first 40,000 applicants. So okay. as far as presidents doing something that directly affects you, Right. Listen, he's my favorite president, but I'm not. I'm not an idiot. I know I ain't down with this drone shit. You know, I'm right. not down with spying on people. Good, good but, people could do bad things. Yeah, but I mean, but I think the cool thing, the difference between Democrats and Republicans, Democrats at least have a civil war because they disagree on stuff. Republicans, whatever Trump does, is not a deal breaker, and that's that's the I problem I have. It's I just, so, I'm like, it's okay yeah. for the guys who will support Trump. I love you, and it's okay to support him because you were left out and the the economy wasn't bad. But it's okay to say I have a problem that Trump did this. You don't right. have to fucking make excuses for every fucking right. thing this guy does wrong wow, wow. oh oh they did it too no right. no listen barack obama has got enough and this guy before his record was squeaky clean and 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 he's flawed and i have huge problems with what he did but I'm, but as soon as you can admit that you can get together now now i drove off that shit let's talk about something fun you act <laughs> yeah you act. you act united you... artists of color theater yes oh my god do you have a um can you look up james the third for me when you get the chance um 
United Artists of Colored Theater. Here's the thing for the people listening, and, and, and bear with me on this one, but don't get undressed. Um, there were plays at Marymount. There were musicals yep. where Latino and Black people were not getting cast for. First yeah. of all, the, um, um, we'll just say there might be some racism involved with that. Definitely some racism involved, and and, and man, we're going to go somewhere. We're just Woo! we're just getting was, started. Oh, Miranda man. might want to just position a camera and leave now. I'll just but, I'll just um, say like no, here's a direct quote before yeah, we continue on this. Yeah, a faculty member said to a friend of mine, uh -huh. I absolutely like dear friend of mine in college. A faculty member asked why they weren't auditioning for a particular show. Uh -huh. And she said, I'm not interested in singing. And that faculty member responded with, that is the last time we do a show for your people. And like, okay, are you fucking okay, kidding me? Okay, I'll do me? one better. Her name is Patricia Simon. Yeah, okay. Pat Simon. I wasn't going to name names. You know what? No, listen, Matt is off the hook here. Matt didn't do nothing to nobody. Me, I'm going to put you on front sheet because what are you going to do? Call the acting police on me? Boo. Yeah. Fuck off, okay? Patricia Simon, yeah. when they did Ragtime. Yes, and that and is the, the show. And, and the people from UACT were like, Nah, I'm not going to audition. Yep. No, nah, I'm going to pass up on that. Yep. The people in the BFA program, I think they were trying to make them audition for it. Because they were. It was, because, it was a TPW. because they didn't have enough people to And uh, she to said, this is the, the last time I do something for you people. Yep. And you can go That's a direct a quote. Dick. She can suck a dick. And Which now, she said to multiple people. It. Yeah. But, um, Woof. no. Hey, experience with her before <sighs> I get to you, Act. Um, first year. She walks, she's walking by me and she has this thing where she doesn't recognize someone. She looks like this. Yeah. And she looks at him, right? So when me when someone looks at me, I'm like, hey, how you doing? And so when she when she when she was walking by, she looked at me and I looked at her and I said, Hey, good morning, how are you? And then she just looked straight and walked away. And then when I walked away, when I was still walking, I said, You know, I said, You wonder why nobody respects your ass. And then she stopped and then she turned around like this. And I just wow. went and That's I knew she turned around and I put a hand up like this. You know why? Because they set up the structure at Marymount where everybody thinks that they're there for the teachers. I'm the teachers are there for me. I'm, but no, but they set up Marymount. Marymount right. set up where like you have to suck up to this person or this or that. What right. the hell is she gonna do? What the hell was I, I said that to her? Now what? What are you gonna do? Report me to David Moe? I'm gonna tell him what you did. You know, yeah. I'll go public on it. I mean, not, not, I mean, they they is not worth. All right. So breath. anyway, so anyway, black and Latino students were getting unfairly treated as far as being cast for theater production workshops. Yep. If you're not cast in the theater production workshops, it's essentially uh, casting directors who come to watch those don't see you. You don't get right. noticed and you don't get fucking work. So and basically also, like, you have this useless degree uh, because no one saw you and, and you're really out on your own. And, and I mean, it's also practical experience. I mean, you don't have any chemistry major uh -huh. who has to like go through their entire four years of chemistry like undergrad right. and they don't spend any time in the lab because they auditioned for and didn't get into the lab program yeah. like that's essentially what doing the main stages were is you had to audition for the opportunity right to play what you actually want to do for your career and i mean that's one of my unfortunate things about i think all theater schools is that there is that kind of component mm -hmm. if they are not conscientious about how they treat an educational environment Agreed. like yes you want to have the best show possible but we are also paying tuition dollars it's a college it's a this college is why i saluted david mold david yeah. mold listen you, he could pick anyone he wants but but at the end of the day he knows he has a job to do richard yeah. Niles, that's where I, I think he fails put a james picture for a sec i want to show everybody how cool he yeah is. james smith james smith what what james the third his so, book his bill cosby impression is is 
Oh my god! So he's top notch. So he has. Oh my gosh, I can't think about it now. Um, uh, maybe you'll have to help me. So, so um, what is what is a cat? Uh, I don't remember. Um, what is the uh, uh, there's like a rapper um that is like all about pimps. Um, Cat Williams. Cat Williams. So he does a Cat Williams sketch that is phenomenal on this show on on astronomy club um for the netflix special it is i got fantastic it. it is so good yeah this is uh this is the team um uh i highly 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 recommend uh this show it is phenomenally funny yeah um and and the real the real thing is like you want to talk about real deal there's a lot of white shows this is a black cast doing a black show for mainly of course african-american audiences yeah but that everyone can get behind if you if you enjoy funny you'll enjoy that show yep so steering right into that to uh, you act right yep so basically black and latino students felt like they were be, being treated unfairly as far as casting yep. is concerned so they started Man, their own Mary, shit marymount's gonna have a problem with that but again yeah i don't uh marymount i rule the world not you so if you have a problem come call me come see me because i'm for what i'm about to say ishmael wilson i'm gonna start naming names ishmael wilson is one of the most phenomenal directors i have ever worked with and i worked he as a professional was, actor for 10 he years directed fucking a at yes. 19 years old yeah he was the way this man's mind yeah. worked and, and that's and, still and, a and, show that people and, talk about that saw it and that was in the, 2005 2006 and the respect that 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 man commanded at such a young age yeah. we when he said quiet on a set and when you said come yeah. on time full-grown men i did yeah. that show when i was 35 years old okay i cannot um, believe i cannot believe that you're 50. Adam, uh, Adam, you be 50. listen you and you you have difficult personalities adam toback him and him rub shoulders and this now and, and i will tell a story yeah. about that so the cool thing i liked about this guy he says i have an idea Let's do our own fucking show. Let's yeah. have our own auditions. Yeah. And it wasn't a small play where he only needed a handful. He went balls out because fucking yeah. A is an ensemble play. Yeah, it's like we had 15 31 people. people. Well, on, oh my God, was it that many? 31, we had 31 fucking people because understudies and this I, and that. Um, right, right, right. Uh, for the whole production. We had right. 31, 31 people do this. We chose right. a space that the theater program couldn't control. If you remember the eighth floor. Yeah, which doesn't um, exist anymore. Doesn't, yeah, it's offices now, right? Yeah, uh, something like that. They, yeah. I think they changed into Res Life. So for everyone listening, the eighth floor in Marymount was this huge, almost gymnasium type space that, that was wall-to-wall -wall carpeting. You know, it used to dancers, be the pool, right? It used to be a pool, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> it was an eighth floor pool um in in 2001 and they oh. carp they they got rid of the pool they they did they took that away mm -hmm. and made it into this like just cavernous room because they didn't know what the fuck to do with it cool are you doing a split screen yeah all right cool i like that she's gonna cut out she's got volleyball stuff to do but what she's gonna do she's gonna create a, a split bye screen bye. between you and me sweet i'm into it let's do um, it so basically this man had an idea to do a play called fucking a written by susan laurie parks who won pulitzer uh mm -hmm. for best drama okay a, a big time playwright chose the space that the theater couldn't control auditioned auditioned the people mm -hmm. that the, that were being not bfa who can audition for anything they want they were not controlled the the theater program couldn't control who they they, they were to audition. right the bfa students wanted got permission to do the play that was the yeah. same year they did in the boom boom room yeah and on the yeah. theater production after the theater production of the boom boom those guys ran out of the Teresa lang theater as fast as they could ran up the stairs in the eighth floor standing room only we had people up against the wall we did yep. three fucking shows it was amazing and it was it's one of the finest shows i've ever done it was one of the fine shows a professional yeah. 
school academic that I've ever been a part of. It's yep. such a, and it's such a, a diverse, great group of people. Yep. Eugene Jones yep. ended up doing Mother Courage and the Children with um, on and uh, Shakespeare in the Park with Meryl Streep. He also did. And, um, um, uh, what is the dude who? Um, oh my gosh, I'm so bad with this kind of stuff. The guy who did uh, um, uh, American Beauty, the director for that. Turner. Okay. Well, he did a later film um, uh, called, uh, I want to say, uh, Towelhead. Okay. And Eugene was one of the stars of that. Yep. I mean, like, he had major, major career after this. Vladimir Versailles. Vladimir Versailles is doing so much. I saw him in The Good Wife, actually. Yeah. Some well, abused kid that was, like, crying on the witness stand. It's yeah. pretty cool. I just saw him in a major commercial. Well, Randy, yeah, see you later. Nice to meet you. Yeah, she's usually with us through the whole stretch, and she's she she came in as a favor. She got to do volleyball. She's yeah. like, I ain't doing no favor. I'm getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That means you need to come back. Yeah, Manhattan Beach yeah. is in Norseca. Is that where you're going? Uh, no, Okay. Um, yeah, there's a huge tournament, uh, uh, country quarter for the United States, and all, awesome. the, all of the best American pleasure playing Manhattan Beach right now as we speak. Oh, sweet. Um, cool. Go but for the people listening, the reason why I like that is because you had a group of students, yeah, like you. I'm citing you, I cite Vladimir, um, I cite Ishmael Wilson, I you cite Pam, Ishmael Pam Price. Pam Price, man, you, she was your mistress in that, she right? She was. You were the wife slapping mayor. I was the wife cheating uh, and concubine slapping mayor. Okay. You yeah. slapped the wife too. I did. Well, I choked her. Yeah. Yeah, because she wasn't providing me a son. Come on, girl. But one, so one of the so we did we did a bunch of shows. One of the but there was one show you didn't choke her. It was Sunday. It was a Sunday show. The last she, show. You remember this? And way Ishmael than said, I do. Ishmael said, "You bring her close and kiss her, or you slap her." So we didn't know. We were in the back, mm -hmm. just getting ready, or whatever. And she says, "Well, my father, you and you went bam, and we in the back of the set, we went, oh shit, Matt made a choice." Yeah. <laughs> I made some choices. I will say oh that um, while I, I while I uh, pictured myself as a pretty nice guy, the best roles are the ones the ones that I enjoyed playing most. Because I, yeah. I I often played like, oh, I'm the young plucky guy in love. Because yeah. like look at me. Yeah. Um, but uh, the, <laughs> the the best roles that I um, I loved the most were the ones where I got to stretch right and mm -hmm. playing an evil character, playing the character where people afterwards. Because I remember, I, this is what I remember distinctly about fucking A, other than that it was an incredible show. And if you ever get a chance to see that show live, go see it. Susan Laurie Parks is a yep. genius. I saw the original production. Most, oh most deaf um, played um, Monster. Played Monster, okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just a phenomenal show. Anything by her is phenomenal. Go yeah. see it, it will change you. Um, but the thing that I remember afterwards is people coming up to me and be like, Hey, you did great, but I don't want to. I don't feel comfortable talking with you. And I'm like, then I did my job. You were believable. That was, like, it was such a phenomenal show. You were believable. It was. Yeah. It was. It was a lot of fun. I now the three things I get from the show: one, just a bunch of young minds who dared. Yeah. You know, to dare to say, hey, it's our school too. Yeah. It's our school too. Um, right. we're, we spent two and a half years being here for them, and now right. let's let's do something. We, we can't wait. Or right. four years because right. you pretty much all the way to all the way to senior showcase. Right. Um, Which I didn't get into. I thought that was ridiculous. Everyone from our listen, everybody from our first year got in except for you and me. That was that was ridiculous. I mean, the thing that I remember about and, and thankfully I think they've changed this since uh -huh. then is anyone who wants to participate in senior showcase now can. Good. And and I was thinking about this earlier today. I was like, there it doesn't it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It, you're literally cutting someone off at the knees. 
that give you not her, can't get work. Yeah. Yeah. I just paid you how much money for four years yep. to go here. Um, uh, the also ironic thing is, is that the people that were, um, I'm again, like, I don't like naming names. So you name them if you want, but there were plenty of golden children at, at any institution, people yeah. who, well, they're t I call them typecast Yeah, because well, before I was in Marymount and when I was dating the girl I was telling mm -hmm. you about, I, she, she pointed them out. She's like, yes, that's, that's Daniel Bittner. That's their golden boy. Fucking love that guy. Right. I mean, um, it doesn't mean they're not incredibly talented, but yeah. the people that were handed everything at Marymount, the people who did like five main stages. His last name was Roberts. I don't remember his first year. That guy got cast for everything. And I don't he, remember. he couldn't act his way out of a paper bag. Right. But those people that were handed everything, most of them didn't have a career because no. they didn't, they weren't used to hustling. No. They weren't used to making their own art like we did at UACT. Yeah. I mean, that was, that for me, that was a special part. And I did three shows with UACT yeah. um, uh, as the token white dude. Um, I, I wore that badge with you pride. Were, man. I was the token yeah. white dude surrounded by all these beautiful people, um, all these beautiful artists Rachel of color. Perez. Oh my God. And she is just, a, her voice kills me. Um, uh, so many wonderful, wonderful, amazing people in that organization. And it really was, it was like, Hey, you know what? You, you don't want us, you, you don't want to let us play. We're going to make our own game. Yeah. So the three things I got one, but just the balls, the audacity it, yeah. and, and it took these minds. All right. Yeah. Two, um, Ishmael Wilson, just the yeah. centerpiece that takes all of these yep. strong personalities. Adam Toback was was a guy back then, didn't really get along with everybody. They they were they almost threw hands, in fact. And I, the reason why I remember uh, you the most yeah. is because you were I calmed that shit yeah. down. Well, I, I took charge too. I said, Listen, this is what's gonna happen. Adam, you don't leave Ishmael, you don't beat the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, Matt, everybody else go over there. I said, Matt. Yeah. You, I, I said, Matt, you, you, you mediate this, you ref yeah. this, because yeah. right, you were the coolest customer. Oh. You were the coolest customer I mean, that, that we that that in the cast that could that could me. I would have made it worse. I, yeah. I, even I went, even I went the fuck. It's away. such an emotional show yeah. that everybody was on such an emotional place and with tempers flaring yep. over what was a very unfortunate thing. <laughs> like we had someone who was supposed to be in the show and then they were not and it was very close to when we were supposed to be performing right. for people rachel and, perez who was the understudy for the lead right. had what three days to prepare so everyone maybe was less edge. than that yeah probably um, less. because because someone dropped the show like the week of and so we had rachel step in who was phenomenal mm -hmm. at the role like phenomenal yeah. like should have been the role in the first place yep like that's how good she was um but uh, there was we'll just say some heightened emotion because of the play, but then also because of the circumstances. And um, there, there were, there was close to being some fists. Yeah. And fortunately, people yeah. patched it up enough to put Patch, on it me, a me, hell of a show. And me, all I could do was watch. I, Matt, I was the first person to know everything because Ishmael always talked to me in private before we went on the set. I love him. I miss so him. So I come there and I see Rachel just running lines. Right. And he's like, she's out. I'm like, I'm like, who, who's out? You know, my ex, uh, the girl I was with? Yeah, when you want me to bring her back? Is she out? So, um, no, he's like, the lead. Because right. I, I, I like to bust people out, but we both love this girl. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave that one alone. Um, and I'm like, okay, Rachel's running line. So I'm like, so Rachel's in. He's like, yes. I'm like, yeah. okay, good. Yeah. So, so the three people. Because that's the reaction so you the should have. the three people I wanted to highlight. Because I said there were three points I was trying to make. Ishmael. Yeah. The audacity of the balls. Mm -hmm. You. Um, that cooler heads prevail. You were the six degrees of separation. Like, um, no matter who didn't get along with who, everybody collectively loved you. Okay. Uh, um, three. Thanks, sweet. Rachel fucking 
Perez. Perez. Ugh. The last for the people listening. Girl, if you ever watch this, I just want to say for I the love last you. for the last scene, the last show, which finished on Sunday, we were in the back, and there was a scene where Monster, the the antagonist. I, I won't call him the antagonist, but the he's like the pro antagonist. Yeah, the like, pro antagonist. He's he's the villain at the same time as being like one of the main characters. Yep. So, for, so for the people listening, I'm gonna I'm gonna draw a picture in your head. There's a guy whose nickname is Monster. Um, only known as Monster in the play. He's breaking in the house because he's looking for money. So he's he's moving, he's turning drawers upside down, and he's done this scene over and over again where he tears the place apart looking for money. But the last show, there was a bottle of whiskey on the table, and he knocks the bottle over, and it shatters into a million fucking pieces. And everybody in the back is like, the fuck, what, what the fuck was that? So basically, Rachel Perez winds up in the, the, the house that he broke into, ends up getting raped. We're doing a rape scene. And when, he, the, when the rapist throws her on the ground, we didn't have, it, it was still the first act. We didn't have time to clean up the glass. So she got raped, a guy on top of her, just slapping her, uh, violating her. And she's on her back and under her back is shreds and shreds of glass. Shreds and shreds of glass during the between the first and second act. Pam Price, yeah. um, your your, you know, yeah, your my, wife, my the, the concubine, wife, your concubine, and <laughs> right, your wife. Mary, no, Mary Sabo. Oh, yeah, your concubine and your wife, uh, Becker. What's her, what is her name? Rachel Becker? No, um, Alicia Rachel. Alicia Becker. Rachel Becker. She she, she wasn't. Uh, no, but she was part, yeah. part of the production team. Gotcha. Everybody's has these tweezers, and they're removing. They're removing pieces of glass from her back so she could oh do God, the second I'm like act. Horrified dude. at all that. Um, and the whole time, she's looking down, and um, everybody's surrounding her, like, "Are you okay? Are you okay?" And I'm like, "Rachel, I'm, you know, me and Rachel are homies." Yeah. So, um, um, she actually invited me to play volleyball somewhere. I, she was uh, near Columbia, meeting. Amazing. She, she arranged a meeting, and, and me, I know everyone in volleyball, and I, I got to meet people I never met before in my life because she was there. So. Um, so I hold her hand, you know, and I'm like, you all right? You all right, girl? You know, whatever. And everybody's like, so Rachel's like, listen, everybody just give her some space because she has, she wants to do the second, you know, she has to do the second act. So everyone starts right. leaving. So I go to leave and Rachel just grabs my hand, just like leaves me there. And she's like, Jason, you got to go. And I'm just like, he's got my hand, man. You know, she, she, yeah. and let me just do this. And then she lets go. I'll get the fuck out, you know? So just <sighs> Rachel fucking Perez. I mean, does this, this, this rape scene that was so real. Yeah. You know, and, and I saw people in the audience fucking crying. Yeah. I mean, the thing about that entire show is is that we very, very – I don't know if it was it was uh, as as purposeful as I may have wanted it to be, like, later in my professional career. Yeah. But we tread the line of going too far yep. with how graphic it was, with how in-your-face it was. Yeah in a way that I have only done in one other show ever yeah. in my career. And that is the reason that it was so impactful is because yeah. we were like on that knife blade and that is crazy. I don't remember any of that about right. Rachel. It was, um, it was because, the very, the very last show. Yeah. And you listen, you, Ooh, you, you probably didn't see it because you, you had, three really big three or four really big scenes yeah and then you had like your own did corner. you watch this like earlier today like the old dvd no, I just, <laughs> you got a yeah. mind like a trap man i can't remember what the fuck i ate last night but i can remember my my yeah. home phone number growing up so yeah that kind of long-term memory yeah. um yeah was, so 
Yeah, but you're right. Um, as far as for the um, actors and uh, predominantly mostly athletes that listen to the show, I want you to appreciate the audacity it is to be to be a mayor who's yeah. abusive to his wife, to to have someone that, that's getting raped on top of glass. Uh, my job, I played a bounty hunter. Yeah. Um, to hunt someone down you and by Chris knife Bash point. And yeah, and 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 cut the cut the cut monster's throat. Right. At the end of the scene, you know, dark scene, yep. monster, you know, uh, Eugene Jones, trust me with a knife, military knife and this and that, you know, because there there are um, choreography things. There are choreography right. no-notes. For people watching this, you never point a gun directly at someone. You point right. it close enough where whatever, because Brandon Lee, you know, right. Brandon Bruce's Lee's kid a... got killed by a blank. Right. Right. Got, um, or wound up falling out the window because he, he, I don't know, got popped, yeah, in, yeah. popped in the eye by a blank. So, um, but we crossed those lines. Like if we had a gun, we were pointing at someone. If we had a knife, we didn't choreography uh, uh, like simulate the cut. We got we got as close as we could to make it look so real. When um, he put me in charge because I was ex-military, so he put right. me in charge of training the other hunters, and like we did fight scenes. And I'm a I was a big wrestling fan, so I told I sh I sh showed someone how to throw a knee. Right. Like you throw the knee here, right, and the person's face is. The audience is there and the person's face is here. You throw the knee and he rocks back. Right. He looks like he's gotten really good. But you have to be this close right. and you're dangerously close to getting tagged for real. Yeah. So I mean this I is, did this this these these are examples yeah. of how, like you said, at no point did we go over. Yeah, we we, you know, we I mean, tread got the knife fucked blade. Up here and there, but no no point did we go over. We tread the knife blade very carefully, and and I was um, very fortunate uh, um, to to be in that show. Like yeah. I, I am so so grateful because I actually did a show shortly thereafter, right after I graduated, that was graphic in a similar way. Right, and um, uh, it was it was like one of those where you're like cringing almost as an audience member, but you can't turn away from. And I think yeah. some of that is the most compelling of theater because how do you change people if you don't affect them like yeah. on a soul level right yeah. i mean i'll i'll be the first to admit i love going to a good cheesy musical i love laughing and like forgetting about the world for uh, a couple I'm, I'm hours a liar. i'm a liar with musicals i say i hate yeah. them and what am i doing in karaoke i'm fucking singing music you're singing musicals every night. <laughs> but like shows like fucking a um that are just in your face to the point where it's extreme, where you're you're getting affected in that way. We did the audience justice. Yeah, we did definitely yeah. did the playwright justice because that yeah. we we thought that that was her intention all along. Yeah, um, Susan Watson Turner, who directed the first production of The Wiz, mm -hmm. um, she was in the audience the last the last show. Oh my gosh, um, there were just people all over the place, and yeah. I, me because I had limited scenes, I had a chance to watch audience reactions. Mm -hmm. You know, like at the end, remember the, there's there's a scene. <laughs> Might not. It's a long time ago. A time There's a ago. scene where um, the butcher's showing her how to cut like a pig's throat that's yeah. painless, that that yeah. where there's no pain. Right. And like the the law was coming after her son to to hang him, gut him, doing all do right. all kinds of funky shit. And that the, the, there was a part where she says, "I know a way to do it that doesn't hurt." And this woman in the front row just started bawling, crying because she remembered and she right. she knew what was gonna come. Right. And Oh my God. Oh, oh it's so good. Wow. That's what, that's what for me, that is the most powerful theater. And the reason in my opinion, that theater and theater and, you know, it's subsequent film and TV, that kind of stuff, that is why it exists. In the if first you're going to do a straight play, yeah. do that. Like yeah. you said, there's musicals, there's, there's musicals take the most intimate part of the scene where I'm like, Matt, I've been looking at you for a long time and this is how I think. And now I'm going to sing. Yeah. <laughs>
yeah. <laughs> you know that it's been 10 years. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, um, so this this is one of the two plays where I had to play dark, dark character. The other yeah. one, I had uh, Last Bridge by Wendy Kessel, and I had to play a Nazi. Yeah. So I had to play two Nazis, actually. One guy dropped out of the show. So I had to do this weird transition where I played a Nazi that didn't speak English. Mm-hmm. And then I had to play a Nazi that did, an older one, an officer, that had, that spoke like you know, um, the street cars started running at midnight. You know, right. Yeah. So, so that was a cool transition for me. But they were like, "That's a hell of a Nazi." I'm like, "Thanks." <laughs> <laughs> Tell it to my mom. <laughs> that yeah, African American woman. She's so there. glad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was like, "There's yeah. some, there's some ironic things and about the idea." My mom's blackness don't sneak up on you either. She's well, not, you know, she, I'm not saying she go to night school, get yeah. marked apps on anything, but she, she, she's, she's pretty dark. I mean, I think there's something probably pretty powerful just in, um, and I'm, I'm sure that this is not the reason that you were cast in that role, but in the idea that as a person who is African-American mixed playing mm-hmm. a Nazi soldier is yeah. like, that's intense, man. That was fun. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I can't even I mean, believe I'm saying it. Sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I did. Um, I did a role right after college. Um, that was directed by uh, um, my man Brian Reinhardt, who was one of the most phenomenal professors that I never got a chance to take class from at Marymount. Bright minds. Oh, I had again. him, he I had him so for uh, script analysis, um, and he um, he auditioned me. Him and Liz Wayne were the ones auditioned. He, he was. He's incredible. Yeah. I loved him. Um, I did a show right after college. Um, it was my first professional show um, uh, after graduating was about bum fighting where there was this yeah. thing um, in, in like the mid 2000s, especially where a whole bunch of these really, really rich kids were paying homeless people to fight each other. Yep. They, this was a real fucking thing. This is a real fucking thing. Yep. It's crazy. They were paying people to fight each other and they were filming it and then they were selling the DVDs online. Yeah. And so they were doing this as like, hey, I'll give you $20 if you fight this dude or whoever wins the fight gets 100. And like these people were literally like beating- Fighting the sh- for their lives. Fighting to the death fighting over this stuff. for their, their food. Right, for their, right. Yeah. They, were fighting, they were fighting for their lives because you know the person who won- also was alive still um the person who lost maybe not but also to get the money for food and stuff it's so there so were, there were similar things going yeah. on at rikers island as well yeah for a glad- gladiator yep. thing going on yep. um so yeah. I, I was fortunate to do this show um after college that was about that i played one of these kids who okay. essentially like beat the shit out of homeless people or had mm-hmm. them fight each other and it is again one of the most powerful things it was very very like in your face we had all these choreographed fights where we like broke arms and did this kind of stuff and and it was it was incredible it was an again an incredible piece of theater that made people uncomfortable enough where and i'm not saying all theater should make you feel uncomfortable but it made you feel uncomfortable like why am i not doing something about this yeah and that was the point yeah and that's something for its own sake yeah something that um, and again, when, when I knew who the playwright was, I was like, I was all in because I actually yeah. saw the live production of um, Top Dog Underdog. Uh, it's, uh, Jeffrey, it was Jeffrey yeah. Wright, um, his most deaf. And I re- and that's what she won Pulitzer for, for best drama. Yeah. Know? Actually, Michael Jordan was in the theater too. Big old hoop earrings and shit. Mm. But um, So U-Act was incredible. Yeah. U-Act was great. I did, yeah, I did scene work with seven guitars. I did um, mm-hmm. Schoolboy uh, um, Did Floyd, you do Floyd um, Barton. Did you do the Athol Fugard um, no. tribute? Nope. Okay. But yeah. I was there. Ugh, that was another was incredible. Um, they, well, before they fell apart, I was supposed yeah. to direct um, uh, The Last Days of Judas. Right. I remember. Um, by, I the, remember. Written by Stephen Adley Gorgeous. Um, yeah. Which is, an, again, an incredible show. Oh, so good. Um, I fell uh, in love with that guy. That guy is awesome. The, 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 
I would say one of the um, one of the my biggest personal disappointments, and I I I am not gonna uh, um, I am gonna take credit for this because I could have done more um, is that I've lost touch with Ishmael and I've tried, I've reached out to him um, uh, through the only means that I personally had, which of course like Facebook. Right. But um, as we're live streaming on Facebook, um, uh, but like I reached out to him multiple times and because he is, he is so incredibly talented. I wanted to see him go out and make the world a better place through his vision um and i will always always cherish having had worked with him it's absolutely i can't imagine how honestly i can't imagine if that show was never done like how that would make my my full experience i have three really good experiences year one was just fun because i had had to learn i was fresh everybody else did high school acting whatever and this and that but i played kanicki in greece like 15 years before i came back okay um so that was that the first year where I, I got a respect for it and I, and I got to the, the pleasure of being Jawan. You guys are just a yeah. great crowd. Um, um, we had a very good um, acting class. Um, Nate Atkinson, Caradel Ray. Yeah. Like, the second thing was um, like being put on acting probation. It hit me the hardest because I'm a returning adult student. I'm running, literally running back and forth, putting myself through school on this. And I'm uh, to a point where I'm calling my ex-wife saying, please, please say you fucking believe me, believe in me, you know? Um, And then the senior showcase, when I didn't get cast, I actually wrote, um, I hand wrote something I was going to put on the bulletin wall saying, does the faculty have a giant um, uh, stick, preferably barbed? So I could have it run up my ass this way. The experience of being here would feel complete. Wow. And, and I put it on the wall. That's intense. And I left school and I and I went back and I took it off. I took I changed my mind. I took it off the wall. Wow. Um, and the reason why I did that is because Ashley Elmadewa, first year girl, uh, absolute diva, has my heart and, and my soul. Ashley Elmadewa was working in the office um, mm-hmm. at the time. You remember she's doing reception? Yeah, yeah. She she and was one she, of these student uh, she ambassadors. She heard the deliberations. And all of them agreed that I fucking nailed it. My audition for Senior Showcase. And you have people in the faculty saying it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he was good. It doesn't matter. It's, it's about this. It's about that. And she was just like, you know, she's like, I love you, Jay, but you're blacklisted. <laughs> you know, so it's one I mean, of those things where I'm like, so I fucking did this whole time. I got people beating me down and I got students distancing myself because they didn't want to be part of that. Right. Um where now I have doubt, and finally I do something well, and I don't even, I don't even get to hear that I was good, at, le- at least good. That's so unfortunate. Like yeah. I mean, listen, I, in my life yeah. before I've, I'm let me finish. Before I went to Marymount, I've been in situations of volleyball, the military. Um, uh, so many instances where I did everything right and I did many things with excellence, and then a bunch of people get in the room and just because they don't like me. Yeah. So I've been in that situation before Marymount. So I didn't have a problem with that. The thing I had a problem with, I needed to hear. That, that that they were that that they were fucking wrong about me. Right. I needed I needed to hear them say that we were wrong about you. Yeah, that's you really. Know, so I had um uh, I had a, a a similar I should say not pleasant um experience at my first school, and that's one of the reasons yeah. I left and transferred to Marymount, which was a much better fit for me. Yeah. Um. Uh. And and it's it's incredibly frustrating. Yeah. To and it sucks that I'm strawman Marymount like that. Right. I'm not. Yeah. It was the time of my life. Yeah. Fuck, fucking a was a time yeah. of my life dude i i the, the, i am who i am because i went to that school yeah. like there's like of course and all the things that have happened since then but yeah. like i would not have lived in new york city i would not have met my wife i would not have 
had a successful acting career if not for the foundation that Marymount provided. And they are are certainly not perfect but right. um I, again like i go back to it is a amazing school if mm. it's the right school for you yeah um it's, it was uh, the that's time. really unfortunate I, there, man well those are patches that, yeah. that i i feel like i'm unfairly using as a straw man argument but at the same time if i don't mention it i'm right. not being yeah i'm on this is my podcast yeah. i gotta be fucking i was in, as a kid from brooklyn i gotta i gotta keep it real you know but we 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 just cited like half a dozen things that we liked about the experience yeah. you know Dave, again david mold was the per constant professional it didn't matter if he thought you were yeah. a good actor or not he had a job to do right graduation night the night before graduation i told him you belong in the school and i pointed out professors who i thought didn't he got upset at me but i said listen uh this has to be said. You have to listen. Right. Uh, you could disagree. You but wouldn't you have be to... Jason if you no, didn't say no, that. But nobody's, <laughs> but nobody's going to tell you this. Right. Because they, they, they worship you and they respect you. And I worship you and I respect you too. But nobody's going to tell you this because they, 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 they don't have the, I don't know if it's about having the guts. They just don't want to, they don't want to leave an unfavorable oppression. But I know you're not going to look at me unfavorable when I say this. You're going to disagree with me, but you're not going to think differently of me. Right. I told him Richard Niles belongs in a conservatory. He's one of the best acting professors out, um, out there, period. And he does tear you down and, uh, and build you back up. Yep. But that is equipped for people who, um, who don't belong in college, where they have to fucking give you a grade. Right. I graduated with a 3.71. Uh, sorry, 3.57. Do you know the difference between cum laude and magna cum laude is? A punk motherfucker named Richard Niles. <laughs> who, by the way, uh, he, I call him that affectionately. Because yeah. at the end, I'm telling you, he's, he's, a kid, he's from Brooklyn. You know what's funny? Uh, or he, um, he, sorry, he went to school in Brooklyn. Um, it's funny that you brought that up uh, in the idea that you're like, I graduated with 3.57. I've had, I'm, because I'm applying to grad schools. Um, I had to go back and like get my transcripts and all that kind of stuff. And I looked at my transcripts because I was like, yeah, I, I, I was certainly fortunate. Um, I graduated with a 375 and I went back and looked and all of my B's in college were my fucking acting. Were acting. <laughs> they were my acting classes. Look at your transcript. It's, yeah. uh, and, and Richard, B, Richard Niles gave me a C minus and a B minus. So it's, uh, and it's, uh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was like, I, that was all my, um, my yeah. acting one and acting two classes. And, uh, the thing that I find so ironic about that is that I went and had a professional career for 10 years. Yeah. And well, they're like, in the, their defense, they're the first ones to tell you the grade don't mean shit. Right. The grade right. is what, what we feel at this time, your assessment. And, right. I, and again, I respect them for that. And I yeah. respect Liz Swain. I oh love me some Kevin Connell. Loved Mark, Liz Mark Ringer. Um, got, never had his class, but he was nice enough to, he was sitting by himself and he looked like he wanted to be alone, but he was nice enough to indulge in a conversation about mm. Shakespeare, which I, I didn't appreciate until year three. Yeah, and the entire fourth year for the BFA. Is he is so. by far the smartest Shakespearean like research whatever you want to call it and and ever that, and that's, <laughs> i've ever met and like, that section probably you're probably right but yeah. but but the, the history of the theater yeah i gotta give it to gordon farrell but but um mm, i didn't have him i had um, i had ringer for that yeah. and my cast but, but but if we're looking for something as acute 
or yeah. focus like if it's Shakespeare, got to give the nod to Ringer. But Oof. Gordon Farrell, he was phenomenal. Gordon Farrell was making a video game, writing a book called The Playwright's Vision, and and directing and doing all this crazy shit all at the same time. Yeah, the guy. I mean, he didn't like me very much. He didn't like me because I fucking um, Spencer um, Grammer. Yeah, I remember Grammer's daughter. Yeah. Uh, we had a midterm for his theater history, and there was Asian theater on or whatever. I'm like, we never covered this. And he asked the class, did you guys cover this? And then someone got along with me. I, I missed class. I skipped class the day he they taught that. And then, and then someone went along with me. Yeah, I don't think we covered this. And Spencer's like, yes, we did. We covered it on this day and that way. And when she did that, and I lost a chunk of my grade in the midterm, I was in the Oof. elevator. I said, don't you ever fucking sell out on this, a student again. <laughs> I scared the, I didn't mean to. I scared the fuck out of her. I said, don't you, you don't. You, I said, whatever it is, we don't offer each other up like that. Don't you ever fucking do that again. And when I'm in the elevator, other students are just like, holy shit, Jason, who's always in a good mood, just lost his shit at scaring his little girl. So, um, but yeah, so see. when the midterm comes, guess what? Gordon knows I don't know. So he's like, I need you to move your desk over here. So I moved the desk, right? And he's like, um, can you move a little further? So I'm like, all right, I move a little further, right? And he's like, actually, can you face your desk towards the wall? And that's when I went Brooklyn. I said, nah, man, I, I ain't going with that one. I'm, I'm going to just sit over here, okay? <laughs> you know, and everyone just started laughing. So what happens is when the semester's over, I go to St. Karaoke, um, Brother Jimmy's, Upper, Upper East Side. Oh, my God. Upper East Side. It's a Wednesday Jimmy's. night, right? Wow. He goes up there and he sings. Oh, it's fucking Gordon Farrell. He don't want to say hi to me. Then I go up there and I sing. I sing Sweet Transvestite from the Rocky, from the Rocky, <laughs> Rocky Horror Picture Show. And we became, we were friends ever since. Wow. When I graduated, he did the the um, um, the Red Room productions in the Red Room. Mm. Um, Every Woman Dances for Something. He, he he wrote and directed and he had me cast on that. And he said, I really love it. You know, Amazing, dude. Yeah, so it was just, like you said, you're, uh, like David Mull said, your reputation starts. At the day, the day yeah. not No, the day you say, I want to be an actor. Right. So, right? If you're a dick at Marymount, it's such a small world. Like you said, look to your left and the right. That guy's not an actor, but he might be a casting director. So yeah. what do you remember about Matt? Oh, he was cool. You remember about Matt? Oh, he's a dick. Yeah. And you and ten years from now, you could have been a that dick reputation. ten years ago. Exactly. Yeah. You could have been a dick caused. ten years ago, and but you could be a nice guy now. And the only thing yeah. anyone remembers. Yeah. What what your first impression? And and your impression. Uh, I will say <laughs> um, that I have been fortunate in my career, and I worked with a lot of different people. I worked in a lot of different places, and. Uh, you know, I was one of those people that just kind of knew everyone. Mm -hmm. um, uh, people still reach out to me about uh -huh. like, hey, didn't you work with this person like 10 years ago? And I'm like, yeah, they were awesome. Oh, and I have definitely gotten some people not hired. I've definitely been like, do not hire this person. They're a consummate unprofessional. Right. Right. And it's like, they're a fantastic actor. I can see why you want to want to bring them in. But I will tell you that spending four months in a uh, tour with them was hell yeah. every single day. I'll name names again. Adam Toback, fucking A. Yeah, one, I one mean, the, I, I love that. But one of the more talented actors um, mm -hmm. in, in that school, but... Yeah, and he's doing um, a lot right now with his, good. his and that's career. All, and, that's, I'm, and that's what I was going to say. Please say that God's gotten work. Please yeah. say... Please no, say he's that making his, his own. Please say that his doucheism hasn't fucking sealed his own fate. But, no. no, he's... he's um. I would say he's, yeah. he's a particular personality. I, I personally, um, uh, for yeah. me, I always loved him. But uh, he has... Um, he became a real estate person um okay. and he's he, that that's became his career um, which is great and okay. and he's very good at that mm -hmm. but he's also because of that because he's also i mean he's an artist like that's what he's always been he made a um a documentary that won awards about his dad yep. um that was 
very, very well received and very good. And he's also currently doing a podcast, um, not a podcast, a um, mini series, web series about being a fucking realtor in New York and all <laughs> the insanity that goes into it. And yeah. it's hysterical. He's, he's, he, I'm so yeah. proud of him. He, I'm proud of him too work, because man. I never liked the way he treated other people. As far as how he treated me, he's always he's always been. Yeah. I mean, if he's listening to this right now, he's like, Jay, what the fuck did I ever do to you? He's always treated me well, and I've always treated him well. I just don't, I don't subscribe to this whole thing where like everyone gets a D minus and they gotta earn a. I'm like, uh, who says everybody's taking your fucking class, dick? You know, Sweet was like that. You know, um, uh, I, I'm popping off everybody right now. <laughs> no, because bringing you back. It gotta be real. It's like, and I never got along with those people because it's like. Um, you know, I don't know, I don't know I, who you're I, talking about. Yeah, if I told you to go kick rocks for, for acting like a dick, you know, it's not like I'm not in your world. You're in mine. I, I, yeah. I could tell you to go suck a dick and you and you and you can't do anything to me. You can't beat me up. You can't, <laughs> you can't do anything except go in the corner and cry. You know right. what I mean? Or make your own make your own podcast. Yeah. No, but the, <laughs> the only encounter I ever had with that kid, Matt Sweet, four year oh. guy. You talking about Golden Boys, but but also mm, talented. I don't remember. Um, I, don't I remember, remember much about him. Uh, he was actually doing a scene, rehearsing a scene. And I didn't know with a guy named Trevor, who was in my second year class. Um, and I said, "Hey, Trevor, what's good, man?" He's like, "Sorry, man, doing a scene." You know, they they were concentrating on the scene, and I was like, "My bad." So I looked across. He was doing a scene with, and Matt looks at me like this, and I just looked at him like. All right, later, man. You know, I just looked at him like, why are you? What, what, why what you gotta you be salty? No, but why do you? What do you think your look is doing right now? Are yeah. you gonna you gonna get up and do something? No, you're not. Stop, stop, stop acting like that look is supposed to tell me I'm supposed to go somewhere else. Because what if I don't? What right. can you do? Stop. Just stop yeah. with the with the little bad boy tough girl shit. You know, yeah. stop. So that's how I was back then. I'm chill now. But when I looked at him, I just went. Okay. All right, man. Well, you get a pass. You know nothing you, about yeah. me. No, but you get a pass. I'm not yeah. going to walk up and, and do one of those head. off the top of your head, you know, and, and see what happens, you know? Because where I'm from is someone looks at you like that. And I said this last yeah. episode. Um, I had Theo Brunner, AVP, whatever guy. And this SoCal thing when people are like blocking you or you get a hit past them, you did a stare across the net or whatever. And it's fun because it's friendly fire and there's a pecking order. But where I, I'm not about that life. Uh, um, I'm not even about that life the other way. Like I, where I grew up, I know I, I, where you grew up, you know who is and who isn't. And, I'm, and I know I'm not. But where I grew up, if you do that, someone you're, you're fighting. Yeah. Don't do that. You yeah. know <laughs> what? So, damn, that was a rant. Sorry. Yeah. Man. And I'm back. <laughs> you're good. You're good. <laughs> so fuck. Tell me James Smith thing again. As as we're as we're um we're, we're sort we're, of wrapping up that. Yeah. Um. Uh. So it's astronomy club. Um. Uh. James James third. He's part of uh, an improv um and sketch comedy troupe called uh, Astronomy Club, and they have a um a awesome awesome high, like I highly recommend it web series. Um. Uh, not web series. It's a um, Netflix series called Astronomy Club. It's the same name. And it's phenomenal. It's like eight episodes. Uh, highly recommend it. Like, go binge it. Yeah. It's awesome. Tell me about your LSATs. You're, you're, you're like this okay. yeah, yeah. magnificent um, <laughs> um, helping people get into grad school, making trying, the world a better place. Trying. Um, or, or encouraging them that this is not the journey for them. Um, so, uh, yeah, man, uh, I'll give you a little bit of like a rundown on what I've been doing the last, uh, I don't know, what? Uh, 13 years since I um, graduated from from uh, Marymount. Um, I went. Uh, I was a professional actor for a bit. Um, I was union in both uh, AEA and SAG-AFTRA. Um, I did my time. Okay. Um, got into the unions. I I toured a bunch. I did a bunch of um, 
uh, I did a, a, some phenomenal and some not phenomenal productions. Um, uh, one of the most phenomenal I, I was had the pleasure of doing was also the one that paid me the littlest, um, of course, uh, was The Diary of Anne Frank. And it was just, it was, again, one of those amazing, amazing shows. Talk about um, meaningful theater. Yeah, meaningful theater right there. Um, fixing the game. Oh, you're fine. So I was uh, so fortunate to do that kind of stuff. Definitely a highlight. Um, I also did um, Spring Awakening, the musical, um, mm -hmm. and we did it in like a conservative Tennessee town, which was phenomenal. Um, wow. It was such an amazing production. The entire cast was so, so good. Um, uh, nothing but just amazing memories from that show as well. Um, and somewhere along the lines, uh, I met my wife, um, uh, and we started dating in 2010, 2000, no, early 2011, started right. dating in early 2011. And, um, and, uh, yeah, we moved into with each other and then we're like, Hey, we should move across the country to where it's warm. Um, we got married and uh, moved to California within, uh, three months of each other, which was the poorest I have ever been <laughs> paying for a wedding and then um, moving across the country. Mm. Um, when I moved out here, the intention was for, um, to continue pursuing acting, um, uh, doing uh, film and TV stuff, um, which I did for a bit. I had agents. I went to auditions for like Netflix regulars on Mindhunter and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, it was phenomenal. But I got out here right as the game for like pay to play was mm. hitting its height. Right. Yeah. Um, like, hey, you in order to get cast on you know, uh, CSI Los Angeles, you have to go to the casting director's workshop and pay them essentially $200 right. in order to audition for them. And then they will call you into a real audition for some under five bullshit. And I was like, I just, it just turned me off of the industry so much. It turned me off of the industry when I was got final callbacks for like national commercials and they were like, so how many Instagram followers do you have? And I was like, what, what are you even asking me that about? But that's yeah. the industry, unfortunately. Yeah. That's the industry that, that... And that's where the industry is failing. Did, yeah. did ever cross their mind if they can look, look at you and be like, wait, we can get this guy. <laughs> if hey. we get this guy, his Instagram following is going to be off the fucking yeah, page. That should be the other way around. Yeah, that's, that's not what they're interested in doing. They want the built-in audience that that's comes with you. Um, but uh, so I kind of moved away from that. I went um, into uh, the tech industry. I um, uh, started working full-time at a um, tech startup that was a photography photo booth business. And um, I oversaw the manufacturing um, division of that and kind of worked my way up into the senior leadership of that company. Learned more than I ever learned in college. <laughs> you know, those four years of working for um, LA Photo Party, what, what? Um, there it is. Uh, working for LAPP uh, was incredible. Um, they are by far one of the best um, uh, in the industry. And for me, working in that way was just incredible. Um, I learned so much because my boss gave me the opportunity to fail because of the chance that I might succeed. Right. And like, I will take that with me forever. I will give people the opportunity to fail when I hire them yeah. in the future. Um, so I, I was so fortunate to do that, but it was not what I wanted to do. It was a stopgap. It was yeah. my in between being an actor and figuring out what I wanted to do. Yeah. And so I, I like stopgap better than yeah. pit stop. I yeah, mean. it wasn't. A, it wasn't yeah. a pit stop because I learned a ton there. Yeah. Like, um, uh, and I always knew that that wasn't the final destination. But I got, I, I, I was always, even since I was in like high school, middle school, always interested in politics and um, the political processes of our country and law and how that comes about and. It's always been like this pipe dream of 
running for office, going and being an elected official, helping legislate our laws, whatever it is, being a judge, I don't know, um, doing right. those kind of different things. And so I decided, hey, maybe it's the time. I've spent my time getting out of the acting world. Where do I want to get into next? And so um, I looked at, uh, I was like, I think I want to go to law school because I was watching the Kavanaugh hearings and watching supposedly brilliant former prosecutors and Kamala, my girl up there, she asked some fantastic questions. Yeah. But there's 21 members of the Senate Judiciary Committee. And I was like, what are you even asking him about? What are these questions that you're asking him about? And I was like, I want to ask questions. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, I looked at that as an opportunity of like, well, why don't I get off my ass and finally start doing something? So I started going down the law school route and going, hey, let me investigate this. Let me see if there's any reason that I should deviate. Right. Right. If whenever there's a choice, whenever there's a fork in the road, if there's an off ramp that I'm like, yep, that looks more inviting, I'm going to get on it. Um, every time I got to those opportunities, it made me more interested. It made me more invigorated. It's more it made hungry, me, yeah. yeah, it made me more hungry. So the LSAT was the first sort of step in that journey. And um, I started researching, I started getting books, I started studying, doing that kind of stuff. I took a prep course and I started doing well. Um, you know, not awesome, but I started doing well. And uh, um, I, an opportunity came along for me to start working while I was still working at LA Photo Party to start working as the TA for the class that I took. And so I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's do this. And yeah. so it kind of let me back into the classroom, do that, get better, continue taking the LSAT. Um, and so I took the LSAT a bunch um, uh, and somewhere along the lines, I really started to understand it. Um, I'm uh, like, it's not humble brag, but I, I put in the fucking work. Dude, it's a podcast. Yeah. You, you have to talk about okay. yourself. I humble bragged. A, I'm yeah. going to humble brag a little bit. Um, I put in the work. I studied mm -hmm. for a year. I didn't watch Netflix. I didn't spend as much time with my wife as I enjoy spending time with her. Um, uh, but it paid off and I scored in the 98th percentile for the LSAT. And so not only am I going to go to school for free, because that's the game that is law school. Um, if you yeah. score really well, you can get full rides. And Good. they will even actually pay you to go, which is just this whole insane thing. Good. But, there should be a reward for being in the 98th percentile. Well, right. But, I mean, it's it's all an admissions game for them. Raise their numbers. They get to charge more. So they're going to pay me to go there so they can charge some other schmuck right. an yeah. extra $5,000 a year. Right? All right. You'll run for office and change, yeah. change that fucking I'll role. change that. There you go. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, I, I just started working for an LSAT company. Um, uh somewhere along the lines. And then I started tutoring and, um, uh, I do that now. Um, and I work for three different LSAT companies now that are all related right. work for a company here in LA called Fox LSAT. Um, I'm the operations manager and a TA for them. Um, and like the entire organization is three people. So like I do all the bitch work is, is the way that I look at it, um, which I think Nathan would probably agree with. Um, he teaches, like that's his job. His job is to teach. So I take care of everything else so he can teach the most effective way he can. Um, uh, I also uh, am the operations manager for an online thing called the LSAT Demon, um, which is a cloud-based study um, source. And I also um, uh, tutor for a company called Strategy Prep, which the two of those organizations made the LSAT demon. And yeah. so it's kind of like all uh, incestual, if you will. Um, and then I just tutor on my own and uh, help students, you know, get the best score that they can. That's my job. Nice. I, my job is literally to teach them so they don't need me anymore.
That's awesome. Then, yeah. And it's cool. And I don't know if you might take this as an insult or a compliment. I, I, I would love to have you in, comp in politics. I, yeah, I would love to have you run for office. I think some of your ideas are, are um, they're, they're bright. Um, and you're, 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 you are extremely lefty, but that doesn't mean you're not, you're extremely lefty. It doesn't mean you're unfair. You are. Okay. You are, you bleed blue. Um, I, oh, well, I'm but, um, definitely a lefty. I wouldn't say I'm extreme. Oh lefty. yeah, you're right. No, cause extreme lefty would be. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be like be Bernie or somebody. Yeah. No, I'd be way past Bernie. If yeah. I, um, but yeah, no, I got your point. I'll give you an example. Um, you said in the middle of, um, in the middle of this podcast about, like we were talking about things can't stay the same you have to try try and yeah. fail and see if it doesn't work or whatever barack obama once said um um have we made mistakes of course we have that's what happens when you try so that's right. one of my favorite quotes yeah you can't um, make mistakes well you can definitely make mistakes give, if you don't try but i give an example of um like we had this conversation it's like of all the fucking people i can vote for like we're pretty bright people i'm above average for a city kid um so for me a lot of questions like from my friends on the left and the right is like why tulsi gabbard Right, and it's for that very reason. And I had this this ten reason list, and I'll just give you an example. Um, maybe four of them. When, um, when she had a problem with the environment, or what, or, or climate change, or what what's going on in Hawaii, she ran for office. Right. When nine eleven happened, she yes, enlisted sir. in the military. Right. When, you know, um. She wanted to affect people on a national scale. She she ran for Congress or whatever. You know, when she saw Trump, um, remember the whole uh, present thing? When she, um, she, she saw that the Senate was going to, I mean, the Congress is going to impeach bring, and, and the Senate was going to kick it. And make and make his base stronger after they kick it. She voted present because just like you're going to learn in law school, they're going to be people that you think are guilty. But there's a process that you go yeah. through where you don't disqualify witnesses. Oh, that sorry, that was no. It's just, yeah, so I taking a bath in the bath. Yeah. Let me just turn the gain down on this so it doesn't pick it up. Um, so make mistakes. Um, a lot of my friends disagree with president when you, uh, the president vote. When you and I talked, I actually didn't. I actually said I wouldn't fuck. <laughs> Man, that's like that's political suicide. Yeah, because now your party's gonna think you would. Yeah. But um, the point I was trying to make is I had a I had a problem with it for a different reason. Yeah, but the point I was trying to make was that um, she sees something wrong and she's doing something about yeah. it. You know, and and no one. I think I wish. Every single candidate up there um, had had an agenda as visible as hers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When 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 Kamala Harris, one of our favorite senators, called out Biden on his racial insensitivity, she was on that stage and she called Kamala out. You know what right. I'm saying? Which which is also political suicide because right. Jeff because Jeff Zucker, who's the president and CEO of CNN, endorsed her. So he right. she hasn't been on she hasn't been back on CNN since. She actually the the last CNN town hall before this in January she polled. She met the polling requirements and they still said no. So, so you, so like she talked about, remember like the whole consequences thing when Trump said, um, when she said it's Trump, Trump's prerogative, right? She's suffering the consequences of her actions as well. But the point I was trying to make was you have a lot in common with someone you don't support because you, you think things cannot stay the fucking same. And sometimes you make the wrong choice and sometimes you don't. Yeah. And, and that's, that's where I was coming from with that. Yeah. I don't know uh, enough about Tulsi to, yeah. to like speak uh, super intensely about her one way yeah. or the other. 
Um, uh, but you do you do know enough about the Democratic Party that right. there's a grassroots candidate that has movement. They they're not you're not I'm, I'm, they are I'm not, not going to say they're going to oppose open. it. They're not going to they're not going to do any favors. They're not super you know? open. I mean, the, but the, how many people the, sat in their on their hands when she got called a, a Russian plant? Right, and I mean, I think that uh, the unfortunate thing is is that those kind of stories tar and feather a candidate, whether it's true or not. True. You know, I mean, maybe. Like who knows? Maybe I think it, I think it ruined Hillary's chances. Right. Uh, look, some of that stuff was true, but a lot of it wasn't. Right. All the you stuff know? about and, the and, emails and Seth Rich and all that shit. Seth Rich is back in the news because of um, uh, all the stuff with Julian Assange um, uh, and his pardon. That was um, yeah. Uh, that was like earlier today. This stuff broke about um, yeah. Dana Rohrabacher offering a Trump pardon. Well, Trump for, might think he might not have long to go. He's like, yeah, yeah. Let me return the favor as much yeah. as I can. Um, uh, so I don't know enough about Tulsi uh, and her policies and that kind of stuff um, to definitively be like all gung ho for her or not. Mm. Um, for me, the, pre the present vote on impeachment, you are saying that it was like a stand. Like she took a stand by yeah. voting present. And Only because of what people don't know. The same day, sure. she introduced a censure bill right. that's supposed to limit the powers of the, of, of the president, and they all said no. And then right. all of a sudden, but the problem some, is, is that all of a sudden, some other politicians say, "I get this great idea. Let's do a censure bill." And now, yeah. they, now they got the credit for it. This the exact same day, which is, the news did not cover. The problem is that censure doesn't actually do anything. Um, like it, it, it's a reprimand. It's a slap on the wrist. It doesn't right. officially do anything. Impeachment is is the method of doing something purposeful. Right. Um, and for me, when she voted not yes or no, right. that is like hedging for me. It is. And 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 watching that, I was just like, listen, girl, you she lost a lot of stand support by your that. stand by your convictions. You can't mm -hmm. have it both ways. Either vote yes or no. Because this is probably one of the most important votes you'll ever make, and I and I like your and I at the time I agreed with you, but I also yeah. thought that the level of tribalism is sure. just, is what got us into this fucking mess right. in the first place. You're either with us or against us, um, right. and and. And my problem it's is, it's like, like I, stand I, by your conviction. Of course, I think he did it, but this, but what you're charging him with, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How about illegal, illegal wars, illegal operations, a pimping our soldiers, of all the things you could have yeah. impeached him, and and of all the witnesses you could have called right. to make this stick. The problem you know, is, I actually thought Nancy Pelosi was going to hold it in her pocket. I thought she wasn't going to submit it. I thought she's going to submit it. I was it. hoping that she wouldn't, but. That that would have been because I I was dumb in that respect. I was like that would have been the biggest gangster move on someone. I thought I think I still think is losing her fucking mind. I mean, I she like, did she, hold it she for a bit. Smart. She did hold it for a bit, but, and, but um, that's what made me think when she held it. Yeah, but then the Senate was like, no, we're gonna go around you. They're like, no should have get off the pot. Yeah, right. should have get off the pot. And so she, her hands, uh, she lost her leverage. Mm -hmm. um, uh, she had it for a little bit, but she lost it politically yeah. for a bit. Um, but uh, I hope you get in the office, and I hope thanks, you man. do a lot of things that that similar candidates like um barack is a junior senator he got in because he saw something and he wanted to do yeah. something about it i mean everybody gets into this for the right reason I, even even the most jaded politician uh we see in the middle of the end of their career where we can take these things and either straw man or or their sample size is so big it's just fucking overwhelming uh, um they all get into it for the right reasons man and i got you i'll, I'll fuck I'll volunteer camp. Yeah, my my goal. You is, might not want me. You might not want me there with my pass, but <laughs> my Sorry. my goal is to um uh, uh, I'm going to law school this year. Um, yep. and and the purpose for that for me is is that I feel like there's probably been a few too few people that are making our legislation that actually have 
training in right. the law. And so some of the um, questions they ask you just like, huh? well, it's not only that, but it's like, if you don't have a basic understanding of how the law works, because maybe uh, you don't, right. um, uh, maybe you're brilliant in some other way. We need brilliant people from across the spectrum. Um, we do not need a shit ton of lawyers no. and only lawyers creating our laws, nope. but the people like we need brilliant doctors yeah. to run for office because they have an expertise in an area that I certainly don't. That, I, that, I don't that'll, near, but that'll qualify right. them for office. Then, right. right? Yeah. But we have a few too many people who don't have right. or, uh, any sort of legal thing and they are light, writing our laws. And that's how we get a bill through reconciliation um, for the tax cuts that were literally like written and illegible in the margins. And like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. um, so my goal is to go to law school and then do public service. I want to um, uh, be a public advocate in my law career for you know five to 10 years. We'll see what happens there. And then somewhere when the time feels right to start running for office, probably in Virginia is my goal. Virginia? Yeah, I Good mean, it's probably where I'm gonna move for, for school and sort it's of set nice. up shop. It's a nice place to be. It my, is. My sister lives there. Yeah. Um, she's a um, Afghan war vet and she bought a townhouse out there. Yeah. And um, it's so weird how full circle I've come. Like I grew up hating gay people, mm. you know? And then, then you just open your eyes, you know? Yeah, yeah. You, um, well, my sister's gay. She, she's, um, she's getting married actually. She's, awesome. she's got a baby actually coming. Ooh. My aunt's Congrats. gay. My aunt's gay. So it's, it's so weird that like- Be careful about who you, you, you hate. They'll yeah. end up in your family. Yeah. Yeah, well, the cool thing. <laughs> Right. You know, yeah. right. you hate Puerto Ricans. Your daughter's gonna be living a vida loca. Yeah. <laughs> She's gonna end up marrying one. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's how that works. Be careful who yeah. you hate because they'll end up in your family. Yeah, like there's, there's the same no thing with Gabbard. Her whole family is anti-gay. In fact, they 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 their family is centered around converting. Um, well, I forget what it's called converting gay people to straight. What was that called? Oh, it's programming. Uh, What's that called? No, what the hell is um, that called? Oh my gosh, I can't think of yeah. it right now. It just it's it's getting banned. Conversion therapy. Yeah. Um, it took me a second. Uh, it's yeah. conversion therapy. And, but, and that's becoming more and more illegal as it should be. Fuck yeah, it yeah. should be. The cool, the reason, only reason why I brought it up is because I take someone's past and then if you tell me you're not that person, between what that inciting incident that made you what you were and where you are now, where was your path? Use right. Gabbard as an example, right? They'll tell you the whole family's anti-gay. Um, she had to serve in the military to realize, wait, that's the first gay person I ever met. Right. He's cool. <laughs> He's cool. That's cool. Now, all of a sudden, now she's championing it. She, right. you know, she got a hundred percent rating from the human rights organization, um, um, human rights right campaign. campaign. Yeah. yeah, which we both know is not just humans. It's gay, right. lesbian. It's, it's right. It's it's, 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 it's equality campaign that. and that kind of stuff. Specifically, yep. specifically. For That's gay. actually what we, uh, um, um, my wife and I, for our wedding favors, we donated to um, organizations uh, mm -hmm. that were important to us right. um, and yeah. gave those things like. We gave out information right. as our wedding favors because we were like, who wants a bag of chocolates? Yeah. Um, and the human rights campaign, uh, campaign for equality was yeah. one of them. And uh, um, uh, my wife picked a uh, pit bull rescue because. Yeah, I was actually just my next guy. I was just getting to that. I was I was on the uh, Sports Debate Tuesday show talking about Michael Vick, right? Uh, you think about what he did. Uh, and, and how anybody um, else would still be in jail no but and how dark that was i don't know you got sarah palin shooting at a fucking moose yeah. with an automatic weapon picture of yeah, a dead from, moose right from a, so yeah from a helicopter but yeah. she's a celebrity too yeah celebrities get uh well, celebrity she's, a, you know, money. She's, well she's a white celebrity so yeah michael's black all right so no but 
think about the the dark and atrocious act that he did right now yeah. that was a long that time ago even well yeah because it was going on for a while yeah. no but think about what has happened since then he served time in a federal penitentiary mm. you got guys in the nfl that have raped they haven't served as long as they have guys that are that have killed they haven't served three years in, in a federal right. penitentiary all right um he did not say it's only dog fighting why is sarah peeling out that he didn't he 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 ate it like he was supposed to he served and since mm. he's gotten out he's donated to the aspca he tours right now and talks about the the um the wrong the uh, how wrong-headed a uh, cruelty to uh to domestic animals is he tours and huh? talks about what he did and why he didn't and why why it was wrong and how i'm he's learning come right back. now because i didn't know this um he contributes um he has his own foundation, actually, that rescues uh, uh, sheltered animals. You could look that up later, too. Cool. So not only... Good for him. I mean, make a change. Look, some people some people will say he's since his incarceration, he's done more for animal, animal, animal rights than animal lovers have. All right? Me, my own opinion, um, and I said it in the last po podcast, the song, I'm Coming Home, I Know My Kingdom Awaits. They've forgiven my mistakes. I'm coming home. I'm mm -hmm. coming home. Tell the world I'm coming home. And that's that's how I felt about because um, I'm a big fan of redemption, but I, I look at the path of consistency. Yeah. Again, like I said, I grew up hating gays, but but what have I done? What have I done since I hated gay people? <laughs> I've done, you know, I'm I'm chill. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm cool. You know, I have friends. Uh, volleyball, New York's a big world. I, have to, I mean, there's a league for gay people. Yeah, on 18th Street, Humanities High School. It's a, the Wednesday league. I'm I'm I'm, I'm a setter. I'm, I'm you know I was in that league. So yeah. Um, yeah, so big time support. No, no hardcore activism, but understanding that uh, when you have someone like me that's that was one way or another, it's easier to talk about it because there's some people who are never like that, right. and they can't. And there's some levels they where understand. they can't talk about that or, yeah. or or get other people to understand. Right. You know. So yeah. I was a I was a holy roller. Yeah, you know, I mean, I was a fire and brimstone holy roller as a teenager, and and that's one of the reasons uh, um, that I would assume. And, uh, you know, no, assume, assume makes ass out of you and me that um, Tulsi's family is probably the way it is, is because in Hawaii. Yeah. Um, she grew uh, up in a conservative family. Yeah. Right. I mean, and and Hawaii being uh, is an incredibly liberal state for a lot of reasons. But there is also some very, very conservative ideals, um, especially towards sexuality and yeah. in that state. Um, and. It is because of their roots. You know, they have all these Christian mini um, um, uh, ministries coming and missionaries coming um, and uh, a huge Mormon population in Hawaii. And um, uh, amongst the native population, mm -hmm. a lot of these things of like homosexuality were taught into them um, through missionaries yeah. and things of that nature. And so there is still a very, very like large anti-gay sentiment in a lot of places in Hawaii. You no, know, like of course you go to Honolulu and you're on Waikiki Beach. That's one thing. But no, I'm going in a, April. I'm going, uh, I'm going to Maui. Yeah. Uh, have you been? Um, I not Maui, but I was in um Waikiki Beach. Um, because I was um okay. director of operations for LMU. LMU, we played Hawaii. Oh, amazing. Oh, yeah, we, Rainbow um, Warriors. Um, yep. so, uh, here's, here's some things. Cause, uh, um, I love no, Hawaii. Please, I've, yeah. I've been to, I've, here's, I've here's Matt, the pictures, Matt, Matt, the tour guide. Um, so, uh, I was very fortunate to go to Maui a couple years ago for my friend Michael's, um, wedding who he's, uh, from, um, Oahu. And, uh, th there's two things. 
two, two things that you can do and have to do to get like the Maui experience. What is it? The first is, is the, um, drive to, uh, Hana. You have to do the road to Hana. Okay. And that's an all day thing. You get up real early so that you get on the road before because it's this winding little road that goes over something like 63 bridges. Kelly, Kelly Campbell, are you listening? <laughs> um, so the road to Hana, and it's not about the destination. It's about the drive. Right. Of and course. like that is one of my favorite things about yeah. the road to Hana because the, Hana is this tiny ass little fishing village that there's no reason to actually stop there. No. It's about the road there. This and nice the, little chekovian approach yeah, it's the waterfalls that you pass it's the bridges you go over it's the black sand beaches that you can see on the way it's the seven sacred pools at the end of it that you can um uh go and play in um but it is an incredible thing and the way that you get there um download the gypsy tour yeah um he has uh, there's gypsy guides for all the Hawaiian islands, okay. but it's like a driving tour and he'll tell you where to stop. He'll tell you where like little detours are to go and check out off the main road. We saw this amazing lava church from the 1700s that everything in this little village was wiped out by a tsunami in like the 1800s. This oh, is the only cool. building that still survives. It's incredible. Um, there's all this amazing stuff. And then on the way back, you get a history tour. So the road to Hana, Absolutely, you must do this. Um, the other cool. thing is, is you have to go up to Haleakala, which is um, the the shield volcano. Uh, it's the bigger of the two shield volcanoes that make um, Maui. Right. And see the sunrise at 10,000 feet. Mm -hmm. It is an incredible, incredible experience. Now, I recommend the way that you get down is do a bike tour. Um, there's, I did, we, we did ours through the, um, I think they're called the sunride, uh, um, sunrise riders or something like that. Okay. But you, you go up to Haleakala, you see the sun rise over the clouds, over the Pacific ocean. And it's just incredible. Like one of the most breathtaking and fucking cold things you'll ever see, because it's like <laughs> the wind as the sun comes up, yep. it picks up. It's like 80 miles an hour at 10,000 feet. It's crazy. Something you have to appreciate if you live, on the yeah. beach, if you live near the beach. Yeah. Um, but uh, taking the bike down is just incredible because you don't pedal for like 10 miles because okay. it's just downhill. It's scary. A little yeah. like, it's, it's a little steep. That, you're riding that brake. Yeah. You're riding that brake. Um, but it is one of the most special experiences that I've ever had. Um, so definitely at least go up to Haleakala while you're there. It's amazing. My man. Yeah. That's awesome. It's it's, it's Shit, phenomenal. Well, fuck, man. Do we close up shop on that? Yeah, it's up to you, man. It's your podcast. <laughs> I got the cool thing. I got practice at three thirty. You, you're gonna yeah. give me a ride. Give me a ride to the beach after this. Oh, I might. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I want to show you my office. Oh, sweet, dude. Uh, but, um, I'm into that. Yeah. The, well, the reason is we me we have this thing on Thursday called American Junkie Night where it's five dollar personal pizza. Like since the day my kid was born, we've been. It's like this family tradition. But if I leave my car here. The, the kids see oh yeah i guess you know you. this and that I, I usually walk down but i today i'm, I'll give you a ride. I'm feeling for a ride matt dumont <laughs> so i'll give you a ride on my way out yeah so it's it's um i de um yeah going to hawaii gonna be um definitely definitely want to enjoy that trip oh man again i was there uh, last year um yeah it was business and pleasure because kelly and i um her birthday's in april so we went to turtle bay we went to the north yeah, first yeah. for three days uh north shore's we, awesome Jason. so we we went out there ahead of lmu like yeah. john mary he had my hotel room and this and that and i'm like listen um because they had a budget and they had x amount of players that they could take because of the budget i'm right, like right. there's a girl named Paige. you wanted to go i'm like take Paige. I'll pay my own way, you know. Me and Kelly, um, you know, um, we'll, we'll we're, go we're, we're going to, yeah, we're going to celebrate, and then, and then, 
drive south and they handle that business. Right. So, um, I mean, I, so I've been fortunate in my travels that I've gone to all four of the um, really populated Hawaiian islands. Uh, I've, I've been to Oahu multiple times. It's wonderful. I love going up to the North shore and the yeah. Kahuku shrimp trucks. You got to love them. Fuck um, and uh, um, that's awesome. I went to Maui for this wedding, which was also incredible. And you have to go see those two things. Um, I just recently went to Kauai and um, the big Island on one trip. Yep. And my favorite of all four was what big Island, man, big Island, big Island is incredible. Yeah. There's just so much to explore there. It's so beautiful. And it's, um, uh, where all the islands have their sort of like, um, they are niche ecosystems where yeah. you drive along and it completely changes like jungle on one side, desert on the other. Um, uh, the big Island is the most diverse of this because it's also the biggest, right. it's bigger than all the other islands combined. It's massive. It's like this giant, giant place. Um, uh, and it's just wonderful. I would, I highly recommend, I can give you recs for all of them. <laughs> That's cool. It's Matt's tourism, yeah. tourism guide. Listen, I get the whole package with you yeah, for me on the, me. I mean like the podcast, like I had a 10 volleyball player commitment, you mm -hmm. know, but I knew I wasn't going to go more the Joe Rogan route. Like if I had a hunter, we were going to talk about hunting. If I had theater yeah. performers, we we're going to talk about theater performance. We more than covered that. Yeah. And then some, you know, uh, particularly acutely at, this this elite school we um, yeah yeah had the privilege of of taking part the privilege of, I, of attending yeah and once again I didn't know if I knew I probably would have choked my audition you know I would have I wouldn't have done so well I was so unassuming coming in just saying okay you know I learned that and I also had training again from a girl who was in the program she helped me right. prep so so yeah man so I got the whole I got the package deal with get Mr. Dumont get the whole package with me I will make uh, whatever wrecks you want Matty D man it's been a pleasure first so listen guys for miranda my hostess with the most my tech who had to cut out and train for matthew dumont um thank you for t uh listening to the episode this episode is brought to you by beach volleyball national events by ny varsity sports and by Arnold summer beach volleyball okay come check us out we're north of the pier hermosa beach california i'm jason debias love all of yous. Come check out the Option Podcast on OptionVB.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.